Just now you were talking like I feel after I eat a tiny bit of um, my shrooms chocolate bar. That's how I always feel for like a month after a little bit of shrooms chocolate bar. Wow. I also did do shrooms. (laughs) 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 Guys, Pearl Jam! Um, Okay, let's start our podcast. Let's start it. Hey, guys. (laughs) (laughs) It's the most official I've ever been in starting a podcast because we have a a very special guest co-host today. Liz Jenkins, the incredible actor, extraordinaire, new-ish mother, new-ish. Yes, very new. Seven months. Seven? Wait, that baby is only seven months? Yes. That baby is huge. He's He's so huge. huge. He does a lot. I love him. I just know him through Instagram, guys. I just, uh, that's, I know him through Instagram. But Liz, tell um, us your baby's whole name if you feel comfortable because it is the best. Of course. His name is Lando Fields Rackerby Jenkins. It's a mouthful, but people think that I'm the Star Wars nerd. Or sorry, they think I, so I named him, but I've literally only seen a few Star Wars movies. But I love the name Lando. I think it's such a cool, suave name. Yeah. I think my, Lando's my part, pretty rad. Right? My partner yeah. was like, everyone's going to think I named him and I'm a nerd. And I'm like, well, you are a nerd, but I named him. <laughs> so good. You can't and I feel argue like... with Lando Calrissian as a character. No. no. And that's Come such on. a great name. It's such a great well, name. I love you. it. It's a very thank positive. You. It's always interesting when you name a child something that has like such a strong association with something. Like my right. younger son is named Lincoln and um he's named after Lincoln, Massachusetts, not not pres- Lincoln Park. Not President <laughs> Abraham. Could you imagine? He's named after Lincoln Park, the band. By the way, you better believe that someone has named their kid Lincoln after Lincoln, the band Lincoln Park. That right. is 150%. I would bet anything on it that there is some little kid little Lincoln. with a bad with haircut a, I, named, like named after Lincoln, Lincoln with Park mullet. Roberts or something. Totally. <laughs> With a with a 2022 mullet, absolutely. <laughs> oh my yes. god! But it's so <laughs> yes. weird because people are always like, "That's a big name to live up to." To poor Lincoln, the shyest small child oh. in the world, and he'd always be like, "Uh, you know, it's it's." But I think it's the character other, building. Yes, it is. The other name I really liked was Oak, and I felt the same oh. way about that. I was like, "What if he's small? <laughs> like, it's such a mighty big." It's just a lot. That's a lot of a name. Oak. And there's that Broadway actor. His name's Oak, but he's, he was in Hamilton. He's Oak. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's got a powerful voice. But I'm a, but I'm a firm believer, guys. I mean, I can't believe that you guys are just having this conversation and ignoring (laughs) the literal (laughs) elephant. (laughs) I, but also that guys, okay. My my name is busy. I love it. And I grew up with that name. So I grew up with like a wild name that was definitely like a thing. I was an adjective. It was like a, it was something to live up to. Yeah. And I just do think that people with unusual names, like you, you, you rise to meet the occasion of your name. 
Oh, I love that. Okay. I have yet to meet up. I have yet to meet someone with an unusual name where I'm where I don't walk away and think, well, that is exactly who that person is. <laughs> I have met so many people named Jennifer where I'm like, that's not a Jennifer, that's Penelope. Or like, you know, <laughs> right. like I don't know. I just feel like I don't know. I feel like there's something really special when you have like a name that as a parent, then when I was naming my own kids, it's hard. But as a parent, like something comes to you and you're like, this is the essence of this child. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's intuitive. No, I love that. No, I appreciate you saying that because I I obviously had, you know, I was back and forth. I was like, oh, is it bad that I'm naming him a a name, a name, name? But what you said is so what I was hoping in my heart that he's going to, he is what I, when I, from the moment I felt him in my stomach, I was like, this is, I called him Lando. I always have. Oh. And I felt that. I felt that he would rise to the name. And he already has. Like, he's like walking. It's trying to walk at seven months. He's, oh my God, he's, he's a character. So cute. He's a super baby. Thank you. Um, well, guys, for those of you that don't know, our incredible guest co-host, Liz Jenkins, you can follow her on the socials. You're on Instagram and Twitter and all of those things, right? I imagine. Yes, I am. I have <laughs> yeah. a, a load. Yes, I'm Liz Jenkins. If you search Liz Jenkins, you'll find me on both of You'll those. find. But uh, she is an actor who's been, you've been working a really long time, I feel like. It's been a minute. I mean, I've been wanting to be an actress since the first grade. Um, my first grade Same. teacher, we did a, yeah, really? Yeah, my first grade teacher told me I was, she was like, you're going to be an actress. And I thought that that was, every time I think about it, I'm like, wow, that's kind of a huge thing for a teacher to say to a child, um, yeah. you know, to put I, any I career on a kid. Yeah, I, I, love d- I loved it too. And she was right. Like, and honestly, it's like what came first, the chicken or the egg. But I just was like beelined from that moment on towards this career um, and you might know, uh, I like know you from Blackish is where I first, I feel like saw you in a recurring character that I was like very much, I like love, you're so funny on that show. <laughs> well, you've oh, been on shows, you. you've been on so many things for a million years. I just pulled up your IMDb yeah. so I could just scroll through. <laughs> yeah. It's a long I, IMDb. I, it's a long IMDb. It's a, it's a loaded one. It's, um, I started, I think the very first thing I booked was an episode of Medium, with yes. um, I loved with Patricia that show. Arquette and Paul Giamatti's brother. <laughs> I showed up to set and I was like, that guy looks kind of like Paul Giamatti, but I know it's not Paul Giamatti. And by the end of the day, I was like, are you Paul Giamatti's brother? Like, this was before <laughs> I paid any attention to a call sheet. And he was like, I am. And I forget his name, unfortunately, but it was like George Giamatti. <laughs> like, it was so clearly <laughs> Paul Giamatti's really brother. Um, and I, the director I worked with on that was amazing and he just kept bringing me back for things. So some of my resume is just from that same director. Um, and then I think right before Blackish, I did American Horror Story, which was wild. Um, and then I did Blackish and have been chilling on that show for the rest of its run. How was that? Was it great? Blackish? Yeah. Like just to work on that show. It was incredible. It. The the funny story about how I got Blackish is I was working on American Horror Story and I got the audition and my agent at the time was like, oh, you're busy. You don't have time to do this Blackish audition. And I was like, oh, no, no, I am not busy. <laughs> this is yeah. a guest star. This is going to go away. I was like, I would love to do it. And this was before everyone was self-taping and they were like, well, it's the day you're on set. And I was like, well, can you ask them if they'll see a tape? 
And she was like, I guess. And they asked. And of course, they were like, sure, you can see a tape. I sent in a tape. I booked it. It was just a co-star. And I went to set. And I was like, oh, everybody's improving. I, I have like a, a lot of improv experience. And I was like, maybe I can improv too. <laughs> so I improvised with the kiddos. And they, you know, loved it. The writer of that episode, her name's Lindsay Shockley. She created the character and she came up to me and she was like, keep doing that. That's very funny. And I kept doing it. And then like literally that next week, they're like, we wrote your character into the next episode. So can you come back? And I was like, sure. And mind you, I was playing a substitute teacher in that first episode. So I was like, how are they going to justify this? And then eventually the substitute became the regular teacher. And then she became the principal of the school. Yeah, that happens. But (laughs) you made your own role and you got promoted twice within it. I have to say that is like, but Liz, it's such a good reminder that when you are doing any job, the best thing you can, I mean, whether you're an actor or whatever, the best thing you can do is like lean into your own strengths and be like, I got this. I can do this. And you just did it. And you were just so you and they loved it. I love that. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And honestly, that's such a scary thing to do on set. I mean, I don't know if obviously guys understand this, but a lot of people, I don't think understand how scary it can be when you're not a series regular and you go to set. Liz, it's the hardest job in the world. I always say that. And I say it to people who come to do a like guest star, like a one scene co-star on any show that I'm on. I'm like, I just want you to know what you're, you're doing great. (laughs) And what you're doing right now is the hardest thing of all time, because essentially guys like Hollywood break, you have to, you have to walk onto a set that you're not, you don't know everybody. I mean, probably you maybe don't know anyone at all. If you're lucky, you know, one or two people and the focus is always like the main characters, right? So like you're just there to service the script and not fuck up, right? Because you got to like let the main actors do their process, fuck up, have their process, blah, 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 whatever. So you have to be like great. Just perfect. And it's, it's just a lot of pressure. Like it feels, it feels like a lot of pressure when you're an actor coming in to do just one scene or two scenes. And by the way, I didn't really know this <laughs> because my first show was Freaks and Geeks, which I was like on. And I started when I was a kid. Right. And right. then when I was on Cougar Town, uh, James Vanderbeek called and asked if I would come and do one scene on the B in apartment 23. And I was like, yeah, of course. That would be so fun. And I walked onto that set and I was like, oh shit, this is terrifying. <laughs> like, I don't, what if I'm bad? What if they hate me? What if they're all disappointed that I'm, like, I just had the whole spiral. And from that moment on, anytime anyone comes onto the show, I'm like, I love you so much and you're beautiful (laughs) and you have a secret and you're going to keep it and then you're going to do the best job ever. But like I've given more fucking pep talks because I just feel how hard that that job is to succeed in that moment is incredible. Well, as someone who's well, I appreciate it. And as someone who's living in that world right this moment, I cannot thank you enough because it having someone like a regular come up to you and say anything like that would automatically automatically like oh you could take a deep breath and make things to be a little easier 
I'm sorry. I don't know if you can hear my child crying. Just let me know when I can mute it for a second. We, I we mean, love just, him. Just mute that child. No, <laughs> <of> course, please. <laughs> come on. By the way, first of all, the, the the baby crying is way less distracting than Casey's dogs when they get going. They're insane. <laughs> There are sirens here. I have a bug infestation on my balcony of the spotted oh, no. lanternfly. We haven't even talked about it. It's so disgusting. I like what want to vomit. It's those like those gnats? spotted lantern flies that they're like are invading New York and they tell you to kill them if oh, you see yes. them. Yeah. They're, they make a real big mess. It's disgusting. When you smash guys. them. Yeah. And they also were like flying at my face yesterday when I was trying to kill them. Yeah, they knew. And they knew, and I was like screaming, and Gina, my dog, was really upset. And then I picked up Cricket from school, and we were walking back, and they were—they're just like, they just like—they're an invasive species that came over on a shipping container, don't they? Always those invasive <laughs> species. <laughs> oh my God, you're right, because that's why we have these ankle biter mosquitoes. mosquitoes in LA. Yeah, I know. Yeah, came over Which on a like, shipping container. Came over on a shipping container. So anyway, the li- spotted lanternfly shipping container. And they're like, it's invasive and they like procreate like crazy. You have to kill them. Like this is like the New York City government or like New York state government. The government told us to kill these fucking flies. They're not (laughs) flies. They're like big beetles and they're kind of pretty. They look like they're like red with spots they on are them. Pretty. They the have inside. style. They remind me they of, um, of the aesthetic of 101 Dalmatians. Yeah, they're like oh, a yes. they're like that mixed with like a ladybug, but like giant. Yeah. Yikes. And they anyway, make a mess when you squish them. It sucks. I don't like killing them. I have to be honest. But Cricket was stomping on one. And this man was crossing the street and he's like, That is God's creature. <laughs> and I was like, Uh-oh. Sir, I don't know if you've seen the news, but it's an invasive species. <laughs> Sir, I'm just doing what the government says. <laughs> and that I mean, never goes wrong. Right. <laughs> oh, right. Anyway. Yeah, that's. I'm surprised they're not doing, are they not doing something like vector control in New York? Or is it just not working? No, it's just fully stomp. It, it's on the citizens. Apparent, A citizen stomping campaign. <laughs> wait, but apparently they were in Philly last year. And and people have written into like written to me on Instagram and stuff on DMs, like, oh, we spent all last fall killing them in Philly with our, and I was like, what? Also, can't they just, can't they figure this out? What's happening? I feel like the citizens of Philly are always dying to kill. So, (laughs) oh my God, Casey. (laughs) So they effectively Uh. eradicated the lanternflies. Or I wonder if there were like, I keep thinking of, there's got to be someone that just has made this their job, that they wake up in the morning in New York, they suit up, they have a little swatter or something, and they're going around and like doing their part. Because there's always they're that kind person. Of, they're kind of hard to kill. Really? Ugh. They I jump know, away from you. Oh and then they weird. fly your face. Yeah, but they don't oh. sting, which is like, I got to be honest, but they do destroy trees bad. and stuff. Right, mm. right. No, they destroy right. like, <laughs> they're like destroying things what if you put Yikes. something like a big sticky thing down on casey? your balcony casey yeah casey i asked blake to get some um what's it called P- not packing Con- tape contact but, like, paper n- well that would work too no like what's that packing mm. tape that called that's like masking duct tape. tape oh my god duct tape. Oh, duct, duct tape duct tape yeah i asked for him to get some duct tape because i was going to put it down on my on the railing of my balcony 
Okay. But then that's like that's real gross. It is it's gross, but a... I mean, like, what are you going to do? You're, you want to squash the bugs. You want to do as well as Philly did, get, getting rid of the bugs, and they jump away from you. I think that you're you. right. I think that the answer is fly paper or, like, sticky paper or something. Yeah. The problem was yesterday, so Gina's not here today because yesterday, Gina loves, you know, Casey, Gina loves going out on that balcony. Right. And yesterday it was just like a whole scene and she was getting so upset about it and getting upset about the bugs. And I was just like, I can't, I can't deal with this. But it's weird because they do move from like neighborhood to neighborhood. Like I have friends that are like, oh my God, they were on the Upper West Side like two weeks ago. Oh and gosh. like, I, they're not as crazy like downtown, downtown yet. And I don't know if they're they've like, made it to Brooklyn. They don't want to go downtown. They haven't made I mean, it to Brooklyn. They can't afford it. <laughs> They can't, they they're can't they're looking for a neighborhood where they can afford to settle. They're just trying or to settle they can in. Settle down, put some roots I, down. Listen, if there weren't so many of them, if it was just like a couple, I think I wouldn't mind it if it was a couple. Yeah, but yeah, a swarm because, of anything is no fun, right? No, and that was like when I realized. Yeah, I realized yesterday, like. You know, people, we joke about it being the end of the world and all that stuff. And Liz, I'm sorry. I mean, you have a new baby, but, you know, this is where we're yeah. at. Well, and, it only has to last like 100 more years for him and then. Right. He'll good. be fine. Um, but like it really was the realization that I had that um, when the like plague of locusts come or whatever, right. I'm done. I'm out. Like I don't make it through that part. You're, you know what I mean? Part. Like I, yep. I thought that I, I thought that I would be like a real apocalypse survivor, right? Same. Because I can really, I'm really tough sometimes, and I can really like, I like being fancy and I like having nice things. Yeah, like air conditioning. Yeah, but like I can fucking do it. You know, like I can. Yeah, I can do it. But then I realized I can't. I don't think I can with the bugs. Oh, the bugs. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to, if you were on The Walking Dead, you'd be like, I'd been, been out before season one. You'd have been out. <laughs> I was out. Yeah, I would be out. I'd be out. I can't, I couldn't like, do it. It kind of smells. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I would be so suspicious in a zombie apocalypse because here's what, in every zombie apocalypse, someone gets bitten and tries to pretend like they didn't get bitten and like they're going to be the exception and not turn into a zombie. And I feel like I'd become very accusatory of my fellow survivors yeah and i'd be like i know you got bit and i'd be making everyone show me their arms and legs all the time and i feel like that's not a that's not a healthy relationship with people that you're trying to get through an apocalypse with no i'm also no. sad that character didn't exist on the show because i would have liked to have seen that play out on television <laughs> just the very accusatory show me <laughs> i know you're keeping it from me um but I agree with you. I wouldn't, the bugs, I, I'm the same way. I was a Girl Scout. I went camping. I was, I could rough it up, but too many bugs. Like we had ants, like simple sugar ants. And I was like, let's move. Let's move. Yeah. The ants well, are so do? bad this year. This year they're really bad because they're all, I guess I'm told they're looking for water. So I keep finding them in my tub and, and I'm not a big ant fan, even though they're very tiny. <sighs> And they don't no bite, one is apparently, a fan of these ants. little sugar ants. No, me neither. It's like one of the insects that I'm like, I will kill in mass and not even blink an eye. Not yeah. bad an eye. Because the other day they were, and it's because I think we also have a baby. So there's like little stickies everywhere yeah. now. Like yeah. when we're feeding him, you just can't keep the kitchen clean. And mm -hmm. 
the other day there were so many on like the smallest piece of watermelon, like hundreds of ants. And I felt for them. I felt for them. They must have been hungry. But they all died a vicious death of soap and vinegar. (laughs) I felt for them. And then they were dead. (laughs) You know what I needed uh, as soon as I got home from that Pearl Jam show? (laughs) I think I know. (laughs) I think you needed to hydrate, probably. I needed some electrolytes in my body. And what did you use? Um, I used Element. Yes. My favorite, my favorite electrolyte, salty electrolyte drink mix. Yes. Uh, it's got everything you need, nothing you don't. Lots of salt, no sugar, science-backed electrolyte ratio, 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams potassium, 60 milligrams magnesium. My favorite. No junk, no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten. Doesn't make my nose turn red. No fillers. <laughs> no BS. Guys, I, you have heard me discuss before the importance of the electrolyte. Yes. Your body and just doesn't work without them. It's, no, it's really everything. It can help and prevent and eliminate headaches, muscle cramps fatigue, sleeplessness, other common symptoms of electrolyte deficiency that I can't think of right now, but other things. <laughs> it Well, it helps with conduction of nerve impulses, your hormone regulation, nutrient absorption, and the fluid balance, which like you need for, you know, your brain and your heart to work properly. I mean, you need it all. Yeah. I've been hitting the elements so hard these past couple weeks in LA because right because of the heat heat wave the heat wave, heat wave and it's yeah it's been a heat wave and it's been really humid and muggy and that is when you just lose a ton of salt through perspiration and you need to replenish those electrolytes. I know. Or if you've had a lot of rosé because they put them in plastic cups and then the guy is like very generous with his pour, you know. And so you're just drinking like a giant solo cup of rosé, maybe like that. I don't know. I don't know. Listen, you want to get in on this action. I promise you, you're going to feel better. Uh, Right now, Element is offering our listeners a free sample pack with any order. It's eight single serving packets free with any Element order. It's a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend. I personally am glad that I got the sampler because there was one that I was like, ooh, this is the one I always want. You know, so you want to try it out, all the flavors, try it. Yeah. Um, Get yours at drinklmnt.com slash best. This deal is only available through our special link. You must go to drinklmnt.com slash best. And it's also totally risk-free because if you don't like it, you can just share it with someone and they'll send you your money back. No questions asked. You literally have nothing to lose. Blue land, I love you, blue land. I just use the blue land toilet ploppers. I love the toilet tablets so much. Oh, they're not called toilet ploppers? 
I don't, I mean, you can, they probably won't mind if you call them that. They do make a plopping sound when you plop That's them in the toilet. That's why I call toilet. toilet ploppers, but they're so good and they smell like lavender and then it just makes cleaning your toilet very easy, which, so easy. you know, I am always a fan of making cleaning easy. Yes. Also making it like a little bit better for the environment because I'm not throwing away so many hand soap and cleaning bottles like I used to. I mean, the fact is most cleaning products are 90% water, which right. turns out is real heavy to ship, which is leading to excessive carbon emissions. And then a lot of times those products are filled with bad ingredients right. like chlorine or ammonia. And then there's just billions of plastic containers that get dumped. Five billion. I hate it. I hate it. Every year, five billion plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away. Where does that go? Nowhere good. Nowhere good. That's why you guys got to get into Blue Land if you haven't. We love it. Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing home essentials that are good for you and the planet. Blue Land's innovative tablet refill system takes up to 10 times less space than a traditional bottle. And their powerful formulas keep your house very clean and smelling great. Yeah. I have to say, especially since moving to New York where like space is more limited. Right. This has become everything to me. Well, you know, I hate, I hate like aggressive logos. Well, I hate an aggressive logo too. <laughs> I, you're not the only one. So I love the Blue Lands bottles are very sedate and chic. Sedate and chic, but they are labeled, thank God, because yes. that's, I mean, they have just really great packaging and and re, they're, it's all reusable. Um, and it smells great. So, it you know, good. so like I love Blue Land for deep reasons, environmental reasons, but also shallow reasons, which I'm not ashamed of. Yeah, me too. Uh, I think you guys should try their clean essentials kit. It has everything you need to get started. Blue Land products come in refreshing signature scents like iris agave, fresh lemon, eucalyptus mint. And for a limited time, their hand soap is getting a summer upgrade with three refreshing new scents. Strawberry rhubarb, citrus patchouli, which was my favorite, oh. and coconut palm. Get into it. So good. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order when you go to blueland.com slash best. That's 15% off your first order of any Blueland products at blueland.com slash best. Blueland.com slash best. Um, guys, we just, I just have to like, I have to just get this out of the way because I, I want people to understand. Lindsey Graham just uh, introduced... Essentially, like, their plan, which is that they want to ban abortion after 15 weeks. And he is wrongly and inappropriately calling it a late abortion ban, which is, like, fucking nuts of him. Um, but, I mean, the whole thing is insane because, like, literally two months ago, he was like, it should be up to the states federal it should be up to the states we're not going for a, a nationwide ban and everybody that i work with in this space was like uh yes they are actually that's next and right. other people are like don't overreact it should be up to the states maybe it should be up to the states which it shouldn't but 
Well, here we go. They did it. The congressional <sighs> Republicans have decided that this is a uh, this is what they're going to do. This is what they're going to do. A 15 week <sighs> abortion ban, which is like a national ban. So all of you listening who are like, I live in a safe place. You're not safe. Right. It's no one's safe. Never. And by the way, you never, you never were because if everybody's not safe, nobody is safe. Well, that's the truth. But I'm telling you, people fucking forget it. Right. People forget that fact. People get comfortable. I have um, three social worker friends, so I always get checked (laughs) consistently. Um, And I, I have not forgotten, but one of the biggest, one of my biggest frustrations about living in Los Angeles is I do think people here in California get really complacent. Um, Just the general public, not the people literally fighting every day to make sure this tried to make sure that this did not happen. But there's like a sense of like, well, I'm here and they're there, so I'm good. And that has always been like the ultimate downfall, I think, of our country is this sense of like, well, I'm in I'm in my safe space and this doesn't affect me. It does not matter until it affects them. And now it affects everyone. So I hope it fucking matters. I hope it does too. I'm here's where I'm hanging on to hope. It's my most recent example is um busy is in New York, but Liz and I have been living through this heat wave in Los Angeles, and Mm -hmm. it's been wild, and temperatures, 104, 105, dangerous temperatures, and also, like, vague threats of rolling blackouts to control the... the, Well, I've lived there through that. Yeah, of course you have. And the brownouts, the rolling brownouts. And so... Nothing worse. um, This past week, I think... uh, I got an alert on my phone that was like, emergency, everyone stop using electricity as much as you can from 4 to 9 o'clock, or it's going to be a a forced blackout or brownout. And I don't... I don't know that everybody stopped using... Well, I know that everybody didn't stop using electricity. But what happened is I read that enough people took that warning, that dire warning, seriously. And I know it wasn't like, oh, I better do this for the good of California. It was like, I better do this or I'm going to be in a blackout all night. I can't watch Mm -hmm. TV. I can't have my air conditioning. (laughs) So like, you know, I mean, I have like an adjustable bed where you can like put the head up or the feet up. And I remember being like, I better put the head of my bed down or else I'm going to be stuck like sleeping, sitting (laughs) up in my bed. Like that's going to be my future if the power goes out. So, you know, like I was like, let this be the last bit of electricity that I use and then like, you know, cut it out. So my hope is always that when things get serious and dire, people start to like take it seriously. And I know that women have been registering to vote in record numbers. Yes. But it's not record enough. You know, we squeaked mm. by with not the, you know, 9% of people or we cut our energy consumption by 9%, I read, on that day. And it was enough to not have a blackout that night. But we're like, we're heading toward a big blackout on many issues. And we need to have record numbers of people registering to vote. Yeah, I I agree. I, I am so, so, so invested this, well the past several elections, but specifically in doing more outreach in Texas. Whenever I sign up to do any sort of like call centers, I'm from Texas, by the way, Houston, Texas, but I always 
like will do stuff for Beto because I'm like, okay, my voice can be better heard there. They don't right. know that I live in Los Angeles. I'm sure a lot <laughs> of them would be quite annoyed if I called them from LA to try to convince them to vote for Beto um, in Texas. But I know, but you do like, have that extra thing. Like you can speak to, you were from Houston. Like yeah. that's why oh, I, I feel the same way about Arizona. I left there mm. literally to mm-hmm. go to college. I, but I, you still have people there. You're still a hometown. Yep. I still Woman. know the, yeah, home. I, and I, I still know in the, Texas is so close, you guys. I don't know if people realize how close Texas is to flipping blue on not on so many issues, but specifically abortion. When that came up, I was like, this is going to be it because it's just, I don't know how to describe it, but Texas is not as Republican as it seems. It's just so gerrymandered and the way they like, maneuver everything for voting. When you look at the maps in Texas, I specifically in Austin, they make it so they know good and well, if they kept it the way it was, that it would be a blue county. So they maneuver it and they move the maps and the lines around so, so, so specifically that it's, it's like a lie. It's a facade that Texas is as red as it is. It just is. Like, I, right. I know that, like, from growing up there. And even, like, my mom, we grew up in a county called Harris County, very, 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 very blue. And the election, the Trump-Biden, my mom, they, there was a, I was following a case because they didn't want, they did drive-through voting because of COVID, but they were trying to throw out the entire county's votes saying that drive-through voting was illegal. So there was like this emergency, like my mom was terrified that her vo- vote wasn't going to be counted. There was like this emergency um, hearing and they won and those votes were counted. But I was like, this that's the sneaky stuff that they do to make Texas stay red because they know it's right. desperation. Right. So I'm always so gonna curious try it. to see. Oh, they're oh, always they're gonna, gonna try it. Yes. It's always sneaky. And like you said, with um, Lindsey Graham, it has to be sneaky with them. It can't be, um, uh, they can't be upfront about it because if they were upfront about it, people would be like, now, wait a minute. Right. Wait, wait, wait. You said, or the same with the Supreme Court justices. They all swore up and down that they weren't touching Roe versus Wade. They lied. They lied. They lied. They shouldn't even be be justices. They lied. I know. You shouldn't be allowed to be a, you shouldn't be allowed to lie. And no. be a Supreme Court justice. I'm just going to say that. I barely well, lie as, <laughs> as an actress. I can't lie about my height. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, it just, um, it delegitimizes the court. Because, like, what are the, po- what's the point of having a hearing to confirm these judges if you can't trust? Yeah, what's the point? Like, yeah, what's the point? Right. What's the point? They're Literally, just being installed. Point, and so what's the point? All just to say that I'm... I have my heart is telling me that something crazy is going to happen with Texas and it's going to flip. And honestly, it should. I <laughs> hope. I mean, I hope I, my, from your if, lips to God from ears. your lips. Like if if Beto can, if he can do it, if that guy can do it, it would be just really incredible. You know? Yeah. It would be a testament to you know a true. The way he gets out there and goes door to door and community to community is how I feel like politicians used to behave. Yeah. Versus like Greg Abbott, I feel like is like, they're going to vote for me because it's a red state. Like that's right. his mentality. I'm right. certain of it. And he does these things that are so, I feel like after he who shall not be named was elected, they all <laughs> pushed even further 
red and are doing like these insane things like we're banning the word gay like what like that's that is absolutely crazy and i feel like most normal people are like that's a bit much yeah (laughs) like the same with you know the conversation with critical race theory i feel like a lot of people were like this is a bit much like is it that deep that we need to ban books but they are they go further and further because they know that there is a base in the deep 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 parts of Texas right. that are not being gerrymandered, that is that loves it, that eats it up. They eat it up. But and I also yeah. think that there are, I think that it's a miscalculation on all of their parts. I think that they thought I think that the reality of what some of these things that they've been able to do recently, the reality of what that's looked like and what it's proven to be is actually not what a lot of people were sort of like rallied by on that side, like on the far right right side. Because I think even like people in the South and Midwest who considered themselves like good Christians listened for so many years of the messaging that like abortion is murder, abortion is murder, abortion is murder. And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, yeah, we're pro-life, you know, like how they identify themselves or whatever. Now these laws are passing and they're seeing like the actual outcome of what this means and what abortions really are, which is like not exactly the thing that the religious right and Catholics have like sold it to be. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like it's the, the reality does not line up with the story that, the anti-abortion people have been telling for 20 years because the truth is now you're like, wait, I'm so sorry. Wait, that 10 year old is, has to have a baby because a 30 year old man raped her. What? Like what? Excuse me? Like, Oh, this woman had a miscarriage and can't get aftercare and has to wait to go into sepsis before they'll treat her. What? Like, I think that people didn't, I think people don't think, Critically. No. I think people don't think right. critically and they sort of like are, I, I think this has been a really fucking wild wake up call for a lot of people. And I don't know. I just am hopeful because I, I had the craziest night the other night. What happened? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> it gave you hope? No, I mean... I guess. Maybe. I don't know. It was like wild. My friend was in from Boston, my friend Will, and he was like, this is gonna be wild. But like, we're going out with like the CEO of the Red Sox and his wife and then like some this other person that's like a big Red Sox person. It's like, that's wild. But you know, I just, in my head was like, oh, these are like rich people, right? You know? Yeah. And I was already a little bit like, I don't know how late I'm going to be out. Like, you know, and because I'm me, Casey, because I'm me, (laughs) (laughs) literally they fucking sat down at the table and within three minutes I was like, I mean, at this point, like if you're just voting because of tax breaks, I can't even talk to you. I mean, that's where I'm at. Like as loud as I could at the table. And these people have like literally just sat down and he was like, oh, oh, I just want you to know. No, no, no. We're super, super liberal. Like we're very, she wouldn't let me vote for a tax break. And like, we're super liberal. And I was like, oh, 
what a relief. And then I had the best fucking night of my life. <laughs> but I, that's just to say that like, I am at a place in my, in my personhood, in my life where I'm like, don't waste my fucking time. Like, I'm not going to talk like, and I know people are like, reach across the aisle, reach to the side. Fuck that. No, you like, did. You, you know, reached across the aisle. I, I mean, you know, t- sometimes you got to reach across the aisle to shake someone a little, you know? Mm. I'm just saying well, and- at this moment in time, like, if your priority is your tax credit, like, get the fuck out of here. I don't want to be friends with you. We're not breaking bread. I, yeah. We're not breaking yeah. bread. I'm not reaching yeah. across any fucking aisle because I can't lead you to morality. Yes. You know what I mean? There's and that's where not we a- have to be. That's it. Literally, that's where we have to be because it's gotten to the point where, like, our lives are on the line. Like, we're not, I cannot look at you and try to reach across the aisle and when you're actively voting to kill me and my friends or to take away rights from me and my friends. It's not about taxes. It's not about your guns. It's not a, even Fiscally about. Fiscally conservative. Go no, fuck no, 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 no. It's, I mean, it is about guns. But yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Right. We're at the point where if we don't do that and we let people think that we're comfortable with the, what they're doing, it, nothing's ever going to change. That's right. It's never going to change. I, and I just feel like, I mean, I don't know. Maybe this will be inspiring to someone sitting at home right now listening to this or driving or doing their laundry or any number of the other things that they say. I just don't think that civility has, like, gotten us anywhere. And, I mean, in terms of in terms of some of these, like, larger, really important things that are, like, affecting people's ability to live their lives freely – and safely. Right. You know? Right. And and everyone, because I have privilege, I have occasional access to people who are like, oh, I'm not political. I just, you know, we have to think, we think about the tax. Well, that's not, that's not okay for me. Like, I'm not interested right. in being around that. When when you're being civil, it's for the comfort of the other person. And mm. when that person's whole entire ethos not only makes you uncomfortable, but is causing discomfort for so many other people. And then when you find out that it's just based on, let's be honest, greed, you know, that it, that's almost, well, I was going to say that's almost worse to me. Then if you're uh if you're a supervillain and you have hate in your heart for people and you go about your day and you wake up and think of new ways to attack people that you hate, mm-hmm. okay, that's how you're spending your life. That's not great, but at least we know what we're dealing with, you know? But when someone is like, mm, I kind of like aid and abet that supervillain guy because like I want 10% more of my money and like I don't really agree with those things. But, like, I give a lot of my money to help them happen because, like, I just want 10% more of my money. Then that's, like, almost worse to me because you're a fucking accomplice to evil and it's just over money. And the amount of money that people pour back into the evil 
to like keep it going so that they supposedly get I mean I think it would be a wash at some point I think it would be like a break even situation where you could like have as much money still if you weren't evil so then I have to ask like do you really not believe it do you really not care about it or are you just washing your hands of it because that feels better to you but when you're an accomplice when you're driving the getaway car every fucking day I doubt your motivations I doubt that it's really about the taxes I have to be honest I think that's fair. Yeah, and it's exactly what you said about critical thinking. Because when you're the accomplice, when you're not just being the the main villain, and when you're just kind of going along with what people are saying, because if you're one issue or you're one thing, like you're really not thinking of the repercussions of what you're doing and what your vote does. Like, okay, for example, I just vote fiscally. Okay, but do you think at all about how that 10-year-old or how that woman who's forced to carry to to term or whatever and it could kill her you don't that's life or death for them for you it's money and coins for them it's life or death are you thinking about that at all and the answer is no they're not thinking about it of course they're not thinking about it but also not thinking like if you have a big corporation like all you should want is like a happy healthy populace in your country right. that will continue to be customers of your big, dumb corporation, you know? But that means that you should want people to have health care so that they can work for your company happily and healthily and so that they can be productive members of society who can earn a comfortable living and order things off your website, if that's how you made your billions of dollars. But people just don't think about how we all have to contribute to like the health and happiness and liberty of the country. So it's like, it's even more short-sighted than just thinking about like, oh, I'm actually doing evil day to day. Like I'm funding and subsidizing evil, Mm. but you're actually also shooting yourself with your gun in the foot Mm -hmm. for the future. Like we should want the fucking planet to exist. If you want your website to keep Selling people, you know, whatever the fuck we all order off of there sucks. I feel like the one thing I, not the one thing, but one of the many sad realities that I took away from the pandemic is how people will put greed above everything else Mm -hmm. and all things. Like even just down to like doing our grocery shopping, I'm like, wow, the cost of things are not only a little bit more, they're like doubled. And there's no reason for it. Like, I think at the beginning, some of it was like, oh, well, it's COVID and we don't have access to these things and shipping. But now we know that it's these big CEOs that are like, we need to keep making money, actually. We need to lay people off and we need to raise the cost. Like, we need to keep making those big bucks that we made during the pandemic. And it's like, no, like, we're all struggling because of the pandemic. Like, the common, um, like, middle-class person is really struggling. No, everyone's struggling, but absolutely, the middle-class is struggling and you're hiking up the cost of things, not even realizing that, like, the next level of that is starvation so then they're not going to be going to your store at all like if they can't afford the groceries they're not going to go to the store like make it make sense why they are it's just greed it's it's honestly greed and i think about of course you went to that dinner and you were like i'm not about to sit here and like joke around with these people i need to know right the fuck now i swear it's so i mean i was just like Okay, these are like, yeah, I need to know. I need to fucking know because like if I if I had gotten a different kind of response, I mean, first of all, we were going to a Pearl Jam concert. Okay, so (laughs) 
already, I guess I probably could have known just because, you know, Eddie Vedder is so outspoken about all kinds of political things. But you do never know. It always always surprises me. Wait, but can I tell you what happened later that night? What happened? I like literally was like, am I best friends with the CEO and his wife of (laughs) the Red Sox? (laughs) Like I like have like the best fucking time. And Kate and Dan, I don't know. I don't even know what Dan does, but something with the Red Sox. Um, but I just like, I like love them, have the best fucking time. We were, it was so fun. And then um, we were like in this like back VIP area thing at the Knicks, at the, oh my God, Madison Square Garden. I was like, why can't I remember what the name of at that place Knicks is? At the Knicks house. At the Knicks house, guys, at the Knicks house. <laughs> Well, no, because we were like literally like in the locker room. Yeah, you like of weren't the there. I you saw that picture. That was layer. fancy. The locker room was more fancy than I thought it would be. I was surprised myself. They were all like, because they're baseball people. I don't know. They were like, this is smaller than I thought it would be. I was like, what are you guys talking about? Like they, but they have, I guess, sports, sports, sports. I don't know. I literally don't know. Um, but Anyway, so the, this other, like some other person came in and he had like a kid with him and I didn't know, we didn't, I didn't meet him or whatever. And then they left and then Sam came over to me and was like, I like kind of wanted to come tell you who that was while they were in here, but I didn't, but he's part of the Coke family, the <gasps> cock, K-O-C-H. The- I Coke. think it's Coke. Coke. But they he are pronounced it Coke. But they're it's cock. You know, it's like it's like the most evil family. Or, like it's like the most evil, right? Yeah. I mean, I think some of them are evil and then like one of them is not. Is that true? Maybe it's the one that wasn't. I don't know. Is it true? There's always well, he wasn't old. He was young. Like, he must be, like, a, one of their kids or something, but he had, like, a kid with him. Also, I probably, I don't know. I don't know what I would have said if I had met him. Yeah. But then it was also kind of hilarious because I could see that, I hope I'm not putting him on blast because I don't know what this, I don't know what his deal is. But I really loved him, all, is all I'm saying. The, okay. And his wife. I really. Yeah. Oh, the Red Sox? Yeah, because I, like, I don't want to, I don't know if I'm, like. Putting them on blast, putting him on blast. Mr. and Mrs. Red Sox. Because what (laughs) it felt like to me was that almost like he kind of wanted to tell me because I think he was a little bit like, maybe she will say something. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like if we see him again. You thought he would go full Andy Cohen? What? That I would go full? He was trying to stir some shit. I mean, I am. I guess I am the Andy Cohen of that night. I was, I guess, the Andy Cohen of that night. Um, yeah, it's so wild. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I just want to confirm know. that there is one good Coke brother. The eldest brother, Frederick, has led a notoriously private yet opulent life as an art collector and philanthropist. That's what I'm reading in Vanity Fair. Oh, he died, though. Wait, inter- I'm the sorry. The good one died? The good one died in 2020, of course. Dang. If I was somehow born into a family like that, I would hope that, you know, who knows, but I would really hope that at the end of the day, I would be that one, you know, 
I'm trying to think of, I came thinking of the show Succession and I'm like, is there a good one? No. No. <laughs> right. No. no. So I'm like, I probably wouldn't be good. It's just like you're born into this evil and you just gobble it up. There's that, um, for some reason, this movie comes to mind. I don't know if you guys do horror movies, but it's like this rich family. And in order to like marry into the rich family, you have to play this game where they all like hunt you or something. And if you, uh, do you know what I'm talking about? It's like with Samira Weaving, I think is her name. And- it was like the movie that didn't come out because it was like right after a shooting. And so they like put it on hold, like right after a mass shooting, which by the way, there've been 4 billion. And then they just kind of quietly released it. You know what I'm talking about? And Ike Barinholtz is in it too. Oh, no. Okay. I know which one you're talking about. I found him. His name is, I think this was Chase Cook. Also, how frustrating that you're like an evil, you're like an evil, um, it's actually sort of like written perfectly, like that you're a supervillain and no one knows how to pronounce your last name. <laughs> and they're like, cock? Ka- ka- is it cock? Is it coach? 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 I think well, that's what it, it was. Sorry to keep bringing up succession, but aren't they loosely based on that family? Yes, I think oh, so. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably. So that's probably, why there's no good one. Taking a lot of details from a lot of the, like, a lot of, like, pharma families and everything, I'm guessing. But what you were just saying about that movie reminded me of, because they did this thing where, on Succession, where uh, Logan, Succession, what's his last name? Logan Roy. Roy. Logan uh, made them play a game called Boar on the Floor, where they all, like, acted like hogs on the floor. And they all did it. And it was humiliating. And it's- I love that show, you guys. <laughs> it's also and Keenan. Keenan made a joke at the Emmys that there were no black people in it, and I was like, "Thank God there are no black people in that <laughs> show." That I feel like some shows. I'm like, I enjoy it because there are no black people being traumatized in it because they would be traumatized in that world. Yes, and, and I everyone in the show is in it. everyone in the show is a bad guy. Yeah, kind like, of. I'm like, cool with there not being a single brown person in that show. Well, there's a brown <laughs> person, but not any black people. I'm like, I'm good. If I got an audition for that, I'd be like, thank you, but I don't know. I don't know. So <laughs> I don't want to. Logan's going to call do me that to myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'd be the bore on the floor. I'm certain of it. You guys, I know um, it's obnoxious to like research on the fly, but Frederick Koch, the the um. Mm-hmm. The one, I don't know how good he was, but he wasn't, like, two of the brothers out of four, like, bankrolled the right-wing conservative movement in the United States. Correct. But Frederick, the one that I was saying was good, he was the subject of his brother's anti-gay blackmail plot. They threatened to out him to, like, cause a scandal. Uh, Yeah. I'm going to read this book. It's called Dark Money, The Hidden History of the Billionaires Behind the Rise and Fall of the Radical Right. Because I just want to know, who would blackmail their own? Well, we know who would blackmail their own brothers. We were just talking about it. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Anyway, I'll find out how how good or, you know, just well, neutral. Just, I feel like greed, 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 greed makes people so, so awful. It's like... It's the reason why I feel like greedy, greedy, wealthy people look so terrible. Like they, yeah, they like rot physically, from the in- they look- no, they rot from the inside out, Liz. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Their outsides catch up with their insides and their insides are rotten. And then they literally start melting. 
Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. Because you'll see pictures and they'll be like, this person's the same age as this person. And I'm like, absolutely no way in hell. There's Whenever no people are that- like, <laughs> Stephen Miller is 27 years old. <laughs> you yes. need like... He looks like a horror movie character. And I'm like, I I know he's older than that, but it's always shocking. No, you're um, right. Yeah, just anyone. How old is Steve Bannon? He's like evil years old. He's probably 35. He transcends. (laughs) He's like three years older than you, Casey. (laughs) He's literally like... (laughs) He transcends age because he's just like... But talk about rotting. Rotten person, Yeah. That's he knows he's rotting. The, That's why he wears so many shirts to like keep it, <laughs> keep the rot in, keep it together. Yeah, he know he doesn't want his arm to fall off in public. And, and these needs- are the people that don't want universal health care when they they need it. Yeah, you I'm like, need you need it. to get that mole looked at, Steve. <laughs> you look sick. Yeah, you look very sickly. You have several things that could be lasered and or removed, sir. <laughs> sir, for, for your health. Oh. Gosh. Well, now I know who that guy was. And I don't know what I would have said Hmm. if I would have met him. That's the other thing, too. I was, like, talking about this with another friend of mine who is, like, a little bit – her perspective was to what end. Right. She's, like, so you go to, like, something. And I'm with you, Casey. I'm, like – the point is that they they don't get to be comfortable. Right. The point is that I'm rad and like I would want to be my friend. And certainly if you're like out in the world, you know what I mean? Right. Like I'm sparkly and fun and funny and all of those things. And so why would I make someone else comfortable when I know that they have done things to strip rights away from people slash funded horrible politicians that I don't know. Right. Like just being an asshole, I guess. I would just be a dick maybe. Right. Well, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, how do you act, you know? And, and certainly, you know, we're not all hanging out with CEOs in the clubhouses of professional sports teams, but certainly we've No, all, guys, that's just my that's experience. That's just for you the that last week. That was just week. my experience <laughs> the but, other night at the Pearl Gym show. <laughs> Which, by the way, I did not get to meet Eddie Vedder, even though my friend Will is, like, friends with the band. Wow. I know. And I was really bummed because I was like, Will was just like, we were, I don't know. That is a bummer. But my, I would love to have met Eddie Vedder. Back to my point, we don't all get to meet Eddie Vedder, but we certainly all interact (laughs) with people that, you know, that their views might surprise us and make us uncomfortable. And if you, you know, this is something we've said on the podcast a million times. If you feel uncomfortable on finding out someone's views, um, then it's okay to say what your views are and not bite your tongue out of politeness because nobody considered right. your views when they were lowering the boom or on your you. Feelings. Right, yeah, your, your feelings, feelings right. about something. So, you know, it's interesting. It's also why, like, I'm cordial to people. This is this is my age showing, Liz, by the way. I feel like I'm cordial to people. I used to be, like, super friendly and, like, 
you know, a bullion on meeting people. But as I've grown and matured, like I'll be cordial to people, but I like to get to know someone a little bit before I'm like bonding to them for life because we met at a cocktail party or whatever, because sometimes it just like bites you in the ass. And I don't mean like, you know, someone took your picture with someone and is like going to call you out on it and be like, you associate with this known bad person or whatever. I just mean like when I'm being friendly to someone and I'm investing like my time and my feelings into them. And then to come to find out that like someone that put on this really nice face and was nice to me for whatever reason, because of, who I am or the circumstances of how we met or, you know, just anything, maybe because I'm white, maybe because I'm a woman, who knows. But then to find out that they'd like let someone that I love die in the street, like later, it's not a good feeling to to have to do that 180 and be like, what the fuck? Like, you know, I don't like to find out things um, about people that I have already like over invested in. You know what I mean? Well, and to what both of you are saying, both of you are saying, like, I also feel like I'm an amazing friend. I'm hilarious. I'm the social, but well, I was the social butterfly pre-pandemic, <laughs> but it's, it's labor intensive when you put work into a friendship and then you're all of a sudden having to educate them on stuff. Like it, that's a lot of work. Like if you've invested and you, you met someone at a cocktail party and they become your friends and then you see on social media, they're like, well, I don't even understand what the big deal is about abortion. I don't know. Like, and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> now I have to educate you because we've already established a friendship. It's either right. I cut you off or I have to now educate you and put the labor into you. And you're probably going to push back because that's what you do. Like, it's a lot of, it's work. It's a lot of work. And so I'm the same way. Like I've actually gotten very, my circle has gotten very small. I lost a lot of friends, well, not a lot of friends, but I lost some friends after George Floyd's passing because I was like, who's stepping up? Okay, well, we're done because I don't have the space. I don't have the space to educate you on why this is bad. I don't have the time to tell you why all lives matter is an absolutely ridiculously racist statement. I just don't have the time or the patience and it's too much work. So yeah, I'm very much in the same camp. I'm like, I don't have time for it. If I go to a dinner with someone, I will sit back and see like what everyone's talking about because I don't want to invest in the people that are saying the absolutely batshit stuff that I cannot support or get behind. Right. I think it's fair, especially as we like all start to reemerge into the, world. And maybe that's a little bit of like, that was like my, my Pearl Jam night was like the first <laughs> time guys, what will heretofore be known as my Pearl Jam night. Yes. Um, which by the way ended, are you ready for it, Casey? You're going to know. You sent me a clip. No, no, I know. Well, it ended oh. with Purple Rain, which was amazing. Yes. It was raining outside. Oh. And then Will and I like decided to like run back to my house in the rain in the rain and what and what you happened drew to me Casey? and what happened to me Casey did you get locked out of your house no did you fall yes, <laughs> yes. No. I got it in um, two I could name that tune in two notes <laughs> I fell and by the way we got we got back to my house and Birdie was there yeah like still up waiting and uh and it, we went in and Bertie's like, you guys just like ran in the rain. Ugh, so annoying. You know, like was so annoyed. And I was like, Bertie, I was like, Bertie, Bertie, what, what do you think just happened to me though? 
And Bernie's like, what, you fall? And I was like, yes, I did. I fell. <laughs> anyway, Will was like truly shook by my fall because now, Liz, I'm just going to explain something to you that I think Casey knows because she's seen me fall. And anyone who's seen me fall knows this, but I fall like a basketball player. Like I learned long ago that the best thing to do when I'm falling is to not fight it and to just keep going. And so I like sort of like just moosh my body out and like flop. Like I do like a crazy basketball player flop. And depending on where I am can be quite fucking dramatic because like it was like on the middle of, like, not in the street, but I was, like, on the sidewalk, like, on 7th Avenue. Like, I just flew straight out. And Will's never seen me fall before, which seems crazy because we've been friends for, like, 18 years. <laughs> but he says he never has, so I have to believe him. And he was just like, oh, my God, are you dead? <laughs> like, he thought I had died, I think. And by the oh way, not injured. I'm not injured. Yeah, like, you're I fine. I was fine. Because I know how to fall at this point. Yeah. And if you tense up at all, you're fucked. Like, you're going to break well, something if you tense up or you try to stop the fall with one part of your body. But if you mm. kind of just flop like Charles Barkley <laughs> and just imagine, like, just, you know what you have to think? You just have to think, not my head. Like, you just can't hit your head. Yeah. So it's like, not my head but the rest of me can take it. And you just like absorb it all. Falling as an adult is, can be the worst. Talk about universal health care. You can end up in the hospital. Totally. Fall. Like I slipped and fell on my butt like four years ago and I, my back was messed up. I still have like a clicky knee from it. Like Ugh. it is just like can tear you up. So well, to I hear mean, you, I, I this is had, good listen. advice. I have had, had some, some I've had some things like that have happened in some of my falls, but I will say that I well, do think learned. it's like a, I have learned and I do think it's a good strategy that you kind of just have to go with it. And, um, and it was really funny. And I was like, thought it was amazing. Like how, how I splayed out and like, and, <laughs> and how did you just get right back I up? Was. Yeah. I yeah. Get that, right back I up. mean, that is, I'm going to take that advice That's because I, I have like a fear of falling now from when I fell like four years ago. And falling I'm telling you, I, all I did was slip on my bum. Having a baby, I'm seeing what you're doing describes like how babies fall. Like That's they're right. not, they're very just like, Because you like, you spread, out the, um, you spread out the, con the like surface <sighs> contact, you know? It's By like, the way, it's like snowshoes, how like snowshoes yeah. hold you up on yes. the snow because your weight is spread over the whole tennis racket of the shoe. And that thing about drunk drivers too, right? Oh, they yeah, about how they're drunk so... Drunk drivers never get injured because they're so drunk and... Yeah, or if you're asleep and there's an accident, like in a car, a car accident and someone's asleep in the back, like yeah. they're like mm. always fine too. Yeah, right. It is, there is a thing that like ha when you, when you tense up, it's where... It's where things yeah, where you really, can go, like, really go bad. You can mess um, yourself up. I just don't like falling because it's so unpredictable, right? It just happens to you out of the blue. If someone told me, like, you're going to fall in three, two, one, I'd be so much cooler with it. But falling is always a fucking surprise and never a good one. Hate no, it. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, two it, thumbs you just have down to... on falling. <laughs> no, th listen, no one... 
had I, if I had the choice that night, I would have rather I didn't fall. You know what I mean? But since it happened, it was like slippery and we were like being ill at it. Like yeah. we were like, we had like had drinks and yeah. we're like hyped from the jam. <laughs> You from guys. Pearl Me Jam. at the fucking Pearl Jam concert. No one was wilder. I like what I, I don't know Pearl what Jam. happened. You love Pearl Jam? I love Pearl Jam. There, I do not know a single lyric <laughs> because you know Pearl Jam. Even flow. Exactly. Butterflies. Exactly. Yeah, butterflies. Yes. Don't call me butter. Like butter. I just make up. Yeah, he, they play like, that. They play I that. Like, Don't call me butter. Don't call me butter. <laughs> Not mentira. Not um, mentira. <laughs> you guys. I literally cannot tell you the last time I listened to Pearl Jam. Like mm. maybe 1997. Like I don't know. I knew I knew like some of the other songs just because like they're like one of the biggest rock. Oh, they have one of the biggest acts of all time. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. they like really killed it in such a way that I was like, "This is." I said, <laughs> I literally said, without like a shred of irony or what I was just like that was the best concert I've ever seen in my life <laughs> like it yeah. was it, the best concert I have ever seen like Pro- I loved it so much that makes sense I could, yeah I could see that like I for me Pearl Jam is high school I think yeah, yeah. high school ish and I feel like if I like I loved them in high school and I feel like if I saw like a band that I well I don't know see I don't want to be mean but my other band that I loved was Incubus and I just really grew out of Incubus, I feel like. Yeah. I don't That is a wild I, I would have never, never thought that that was your vibe. One of my, fa- your, my two favorite bands, Incubus and, and Weezer. Two. Weezer I still fuck with. Oh, oh, Weezer, I Weezer. Weezer's I a thing. But Incubus yeah. and I feel like if I I don't know. I feel like if I saw Pearl Jam, that would be magical too. Just knowing the word, not knowing, but not knowing the words, the whole vibe would bring me back to high school. Like, I would just love that. Like, I don't, for some reason, I don't go to a lot of concerts lately, but I would want to go to something that brought me back to high school, if that makes any sense at all. The reason you don't go to concerts, name is Lando. (laughs) That part. I know. He likes you to stay home with him. Yeah. I, I've seen some babies with little head, little ear things at concerts. I that's just ambitious. Don't think I could do it. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. By the way, don't. It's, <laughs> I did it. I did it. One. It was like the worst. So not fun. And I was so like a baby at a concert. The whole time. Yeah. Babies why did at a I concert do that? is like a, just a disaster. I mean, I, I, mm. it was whatever. It's a longer story. It was like a festival type thing and mm. in the summer and it was just all bad. It was all it's, bad. Guys. It's Don't do bad. it. It's all bad. Um, That's so cool. It was such a weekend for throwback concerts. Everybody here in LA went to see Duran Duran. Duran I saw. Did you guys go? I did Casey? not go, but, um, you know, love Duran Duran just fine. But I do have a story about Duran Duran. Did I ever tell you the story about Duran Duran? Please tell it. <laughs> when I worked at The Late Show with David Letterman. I, I actually love I actually love this story. This is like one of my favorite stories <laughs> of yours. When I worked at The Late Show with David Letterman, um, Duran Duran was, I don't know, they were guests on the show. I guess they were making some type of like comeback because, you know, uh, they had been out of the public eye for a little bit. But in the Ed Sullivan Theater, there was like a tower of dressing rooms that had like, um, not spiral staircases, but like switchback stairs, you know, like you 
come down the stairs, go down a landing, come down the stairs. And you had to go down several, depending on what dressing room you were in. And I was on the stairs, which, talk about slippery, they were really slippery, like, concrete stairs. And so I was always careful on the stairs, and I'm sure I was trying to wear, like, cute shoes or whatever, cute outfit. And Duran Duran, I think, were late for their sound check on the stage, and so they came whipping down the stairs. And I don't know which Duran Duran said to me, move. And I can't even tell you like how rude the move was. Like it it w- might have been just like one of those things like, oh, move, beep, beep, you know, like. But anyway, the mistake was that Dave was on the landing at the bottom and he is really big on manners. And he stopped Duran Duran and made them apologize to me for being rude to me on the stairs. And he was like, uh, Duran Duran, I'm sure we're glad to have you here. I'm sure you're excited. Uh, and I know that you have places to be, but um, you just uh, ran past my assistant and told her to move. And that wasn't cool. So just turn right around and uh, just, you know, let her know you're sorry. And then you can go about your And way. why don't you just say you're sorry? <laughs> and they were like, uh, sorry, sorry. I don't know why I didn't connect that they're they were brothers or something, Duran Duran. Like I don't I think I thought it was one person. <laughs> going I, don't think, I didn't know that. Duran. Are they brothers? Is it, are they brothers? I don't know. Did I, I make that up? No. Are, they, are they two people even? There's like four of them, right? There's Simon Lebon. That's the oh, only I one Simon I, Lebon. I can remember. Um John Taylor. I know mm-hmm. some girl that I went to school with was obsessed with John Taylor. And then uh Oh, I don't know. No one's name is Duran. I don't think so. No, which it's <laughs> weird because it's like <laughs> Liz is like okay. Liz wow. is like I was too young for that. Also, wow. I loved Incubus, and that took up all I my time. Incubus, <laughs> straight up. I, and I, I can like, name I'm, all the members of Incubus. So I probably could. I could. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway. <laughs> Rocket money, change our name to Rocket Money, Rocket Money. We are Rocket Money. I don't know. I don't know. Guys. Rocket Money used I was to trying. be True Bill. True Bill. Which and we've we... talked about True Bill because we love them. Love. And it's... especially like I had downloaded some ridiculously overpriced like camera app thing like to. I don't even know, guys. I was confused. I was like, probably just trying to get Facetune. No, I'm kidding. But I was like, I was like, it was when I was we were doing that like music video for Sarah Beth, like literally during the pandemic, right. 2020. And I had downloaded, paid for, and downloaded some like fancy like filmmaking app for an iPhone, right? That I didn't even realize I was still paying for. Uh. And thanks to Rocket Money. Formerly Tribble. <laughs> I now know, and they helped me cancel the subscription because also, you know what I'm not great at? Following up. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, I like, I was like, oh, great. Now I, now I have this information. It'll take me 17 more years to actually cancel it. Nope. Not with Rocket Money. They took care of it Formerly known for as Tribble. They take care of it for you. Saving Hundreds of dollars each month on subscriptions that I didn't even know about. It's an app. It's called Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about. So that's. And listen, they show you all of the subscriptions in one place and then they cancel what you don't want for you. 
They can even find subscriptions you didn't know you were paying for. You might even find out you've been like double charged for a subscription. Like you might be getting charged for it twice. Right. Listen, to cancel the subscription, all I had to do, I pressed cancel and Rocket Money took care of the rest. This is, everyone must do this, especially in this moment, especially like we're trying to save money. Everybody cancel unnecessary subscriptions with Rocket Money today. Go to rocketmoney.com slash best. Seriously, it could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash best. Just get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash best. Could seriously save you hundreds and hundreds per year. Rocketmoney.com slash best. Um, okay, can I tell you how excited I was when I got my new green pans? If it's half as excited as I was, is pretty exciting. I was so excited, Casey. They're so cute. And I love them so much. And I have that thing in the in the new kitchen where it's like a pot rack thing and you can hang them and they're on display. And they're so beautiful. And then also the truth is, just let me talk. Just let me talk about these green pans. The truth is... I went to Hoffman Institute with a guy who had done a bunch of research about the toxicity of like nonstick pans and stuff. Yeah. And then I was like, oh my God, what? And then he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't, you can't, you got to check it out. And then enter Green Pan. So in 2007, I'm going to give you back story. The founders of Green Pan, and I'm saying Green Pan, like it's a green pan, except mine's blue. Mine's yellow. Discovered that traditional nonstick pans were made with plastic coatings that, are you ready for it, turn toxic with heat. Terrible. And that's what becomes forever chemicals. And that's like what's changing like our DNA or whatever. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. But they doing created- doing bad stuff. We don't want it. No. They created a new alternative without forever chemicals. Green Pan was introduced to the world- and it's ceramic nonstick cookware, and they have over 150 patents to prove it. They're the leaders in creating cookware without harmful toxins. It's amazing. They're amazing. They work so well. They work so well. They have full sets. I got like a full set of pots and pans. Yeah, same. And I have to be honest, and no shade to my family, but like our house motto is, we can't have anything nice. And when these came, I was like, oh my God, they're so beautiful and they look so perfect. And I didn't even want to use them. We're storing them in a drawer and they're going in and out. And like, to be honest, like probably bumping into each other quite a bit and the the glass lids the same. And they still look brand spanking new. And they cook so nicely. No, that's what I was going to say. It just cooks like it. it's perfect. Like I, and it doesn't stick. Yeah. It's incredible. We do pancakes on it. Like I've done omelets. I made birdie fried rice in the wok. Like so and it, none of it sticks. It's so good. I love it so much. Um, and Green Pan also owns their factory. So maybe other companies create cheap products with cheap materials because you guessed it, it's cheaper. Right. Green Pan makes sure its products live up to their standards because they're there. They're there. Right. Anyway, guys, 
healthy cooking is about more than just the food you make. It's the products you cook with and in as well. And right now, Green Pan has an exclusive offer for doing her best listeners. If you go to greenpan.us and use promo code BEST, you'll receive 30% off your entire order. What? Plus free shipping on orders over $99. Whether you're like interested in just trying out one pan or getting a whole set, that's what I did. Same. It's 30% off. So head to greenpan.us and use our promo code BEST. It was such a like throwback weekend for music. And then it was such a like a pop culture weekend because of all the Emmy stuff. Did you watch the Emmys, Biz? Yes. Well, no. (laughs) Kind of. (laughs) Clips. I watched like part of it. I really, you know, I'm a huge Keenan fan, right? Keenan Thompson. Yes, love Keenan. The Emmys, I'm just telling the people at home. Yeah. Listen, they might not, that you've been if a long you time know, Keenan fan. If you don't know that I'm a long time Keenan fan, I like him as a human, but I have enjoyed him since, you know, good burger days, but also yes. just like always loved him on SNL. Like I really just feel like he has always been Mighty Mighty Ducks. Yeah. Oh, I never saw that. I watched him on all that. <sighs> I loved Mighty Ducks. Yeah. Like but that OG. was good. That was where Good Burger was, right? Yeah. yeah. All that. But then that's yeah. what I meant. Then, I yeah. meant all that. Guys, yeah. I meant all that. I meant all that. Um I just said the wrong name. <laughs> But I love, so I love Keenan. So I wanted to see the, I always like to watch the opening, you know? I thought that dancing thing was so weird. I was like, what are they, what is this? Like, why are they doing this? Like, didn't you think it was weird? I think, I thought they were doing it because of TikTok. But honestly, everything that makes me feel old, I'm like, is this because of TikTok? (laughs) (laughs) If you never saw it before, you automatically attribute it to TikTok. I, 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 I like, assumed it was a TikTok thing. I don't know. Maybe Keenan, maybe it was like, maybe they were just like, Keenan was like, I don't want to do the same thing everybody does. I just, we're just going to do something different. Maybe, I, you know what, Liz? This, I actually, it didn't even occur to me that they were doing it because of TikTok. I literally was just like, why are, what are these dances to like techno versions of Theme, theme songs, songs that belong right, in the public was. domain. You know what I mean? Because it's like <laughs> right. obviously it's theme songs that like that that they could get the rights to. So it has to be right. like things that like are in the public domain at this point or something, or that right. NBC or, that or NBC Universal own. Yeah, because yeah. mm, that's why they started with that. like seven the minutes of the too, Friends song. <laughs> oh right, right. I was right. like, what is this? It was, it was there just some so peacock shout outs. And I thought that he was gonna do like something about there never being a black friend oh right but he didn't did like he, i he just didn't? was like no. Oh, no he just had the he umbrella didn't. and he was like i didn't and then i didn't even know if he was like doing a bit that he couldn't open the umbrella <laughs> i was so i was just so confused by the opening part of it but and i have to say like i'm a fan of sam J, and i thought that was like a real also very strange choice of like how to do things well it, it just it was, didn't it was clunky it just didn't work and like i, I don't want to knock the writers but there might have been a writer thing going on because i feel like lizzo who i love more than anything they, there was something on her teleprompter that was weird and like she had said it and she was like i didn't write that but it was like 
oh, it was the the winner of the next award, the guy who won for Ted Lasso. She was like, and he's also considered a big girl. Like, it was like a weird joke about her body. But I'm like, she can make those jokes. But it sounded like she didn't make that joke like a right. writer did. So I don't know if there was like a little clunkiness with the writing. Um, I don't want to throw the writers under the bus. But it's, it's hard to write I those will, shows. I was going to say, uh, writing on an award show is so stressful. I actually like... For all the times I've bitched about not working enough in the past year, I actually was, like, brought in to possibly write on a big award show this year. And I wound up being like, you know what? I just don't want to. Like, I just pictured that day. I pictured that day running back and forth to the teleprompter and trying to okay things with celebrities. And I just was like, Mm. I just don't need it. Like, it's not... You know, it's not enough. That's the vibe I got. I got the vibe that it was like just really hard to write for some reason. Not maybe it's because of COVID and like maybe trying to not because it also wasn't mean. Is it the Oscars that are usually kind of mean and roasty, or is it the Emmys? No, it's the Golden Globes. Oh, it's the, the Golden, Golden Globes. Globes are always like kind of like roasty. Yeah, I mean they always are like they're always trying to do something at these shows, but like I don't know, like. I hosted an award show over the weekend. You did. Uh-huh. That Casey wrote. <laughs> you with did. Me. We wrote together. And speaking of me being like busy, it's like, can you come to New York for it? And I was like, no. I can't. I wish you would have, though. It was I so can't. I wish you would have. I wish so I would have, too. I just had, it like. It actually ended up being, like, a crazy. I was. I think Casey and I were both a little bit like, oh, boy. Um, Casey's written for this show for many years, but it's the um, Daily Front Row um, Fashion Awards. The Fashion which is like Media Awards. The Fashion Media Awards, which is like actually like a big thing for during Fashion Week. Like it yeah. always is. I Is it Fashion have, Week right now? Yeah, yeah, in New York it is. Ooh. I presented uh, Carla Welch with... Um, an Love award her. there. Yeah, she's the best. Years I ago, got I got to work with her on a Lay's commercial. <gasps> you I'm did. So blessed. Yes, Tracy. She's Tracy Ellis Ross. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. as well. Mm-hmm. And Tracy basically gifted me because she wanted her to style the commercial. And I've I literally was a fan of her because I know she's your stylist. She's Tra- she's Sarah Paulson stylist. Like, yep. so I was styled by this celebrity stylist from my Lay's commercial, and it was the best. Fitting I've ever had in my entire life. That's sorry, amazing. I had to say that because she's that. so amazing, that. and her assistant. No, she's the I best. Think it was her assistant at the time. Was amazing as well. She always has the best assistant. Yeah, and like I don't even think she. I don't know if she styled a lot of plus size um, actresses or not, but she nailed it. Like oh. she should, because she nailed it. She's great with like all kinds of bodies, and like honestly, she has been my stylist when I had just had honestly both my kids. So like, Amazing. you know, she's, she just, knows. she's good. She's great. She does. Yeah. It. But anyway, so, so we had this, it's a, t- I'm going to say this. I think it's a tough room. Yes. The fashion awards because yeah. mm-hmm. fashion people are notoriously not effusive. Yeah. They're playing it cool. They play it V cool. Yeah. Mostly because I think people don't like smiling because I think they don't like their teeth <laughs> and they don't want to get they don't want to get fine lines and wrinkles and they don't want fine lines and wrinkles and also well, 
it's always in the middle of their most stressful week of their lives. It's fucking fashion week, mm-hmm. and they're just going, going, going all week, and then you have to stop in the middle, go to this, go to this award, award show, show right. which the one thing I will say is that, like, people already know who won the awards. I think it's not a surprise. So no, there's no, no. Not, it's like people, it's it's not a, it's like almost like honor. Like an honor, yeah. Yeah. So it's not stressful in that way, but I just have to, and I have to, imagine that most of them are sitting down for the first time in like 72 hours and just being like, let me just go to another place, you know? <laughs> right. I know. Well, also, and- I feel like laughing is so like, you know, you're just not at all aware of how you look when you're laughing. Yes. Like, if it's, right. You know, like what you said, like laughing is very like, <laughs> like you can make some pretty <laughs> yeah. gnarly faces. It, so. it can be unattractive to laugh. Yeah. But yeah. I have to say we fucking killed it. Yeah, I say I we, Casey was a part of it. Like, I, it was like, and so here's what happened though, because I was like very intimidated, and I weirdly get, historically speaking, have gotten like real nervous. Yeah, at some of these things, just because it's like it is an intimidating crowd, and like there were very very famous people there, and I just was like, but as soon as I started, I was like. I could literally do anything. Like <laughs> I love oh, that. Yes. They just like I I know that these people are like so fucking exhausted and also like concerned about being cool. So what do I fucking care? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just had like literally so much fun. And then at one point, like getting towards that point of the awards or the honoring or whatever, where you're like, I knew it because I've been in those audiences where you're like, oh my God, I want to just go to the bathroom or I want to leave or like, this is going too long. Which by the way, we went almost exactly right on time because people had shows that they had to go to Yeah, after. Um, I timed my shit. There was, well, I had a, I had a real, I had a real like improv moment where I just went off because like this group of like I don't it literally was like 15 people yeah like got up like kind of from the back and they like just filed out and it was like after you know somebody had been honored so like people are clapping and they're leaving and I go on stage and then I just see all these people and I was like oh I'm so sorry do you guys have somewhere you need to be (laughs) oh no (laughs) and then I just like I went off on it for a minute and people were like very thrilled by it and Afterwards, Tim Gunn came up to me and said, I just wanted to let you know, you did really such a fantastic job tonight. That is not easy what you just did. And I was like, Tim Gunn, I love you. Oh, my God. Isn't that great? High High praise. Because I I feel like Tim Gunn would have been honest and he would have been like, he did your best. He didn't need to seek me out. Nope. No. 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 He could have just and left. He is honest. He's honest and like he's so honest, but he's like such a good critique that the honesty is not even met with like, oh, my heart's broken. Like he would have just been like, you could have done better. Yeah. And he would have been like, and I think we all okay. were hoping you okay. would. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I would have been like, yes, me too. Me too. Me, you me did too, your best. Me. You stuck but with that's it. Not what he said. He was like, you killed it. And I was oh like, just so lit up inside. That's amazing. Well, you're in really good company because that show has been hosted by Alan Cumming. Uh, oh one year gosh. I did it with Nick Jonas. I didn't do it I with Nick Jonas. You we write did. the sh- I love did that. Did the show. Ashley Graham has done it. Um, uh, just a whole, a whole bunch of people. Well, 
I think people really liked me. I think they did too. I know I they just, did. I know they yeah. did because they um the show wrote to me after to tell me how great you did. And that is not always the case. I think but they I think they knew that I'd have a special interest in it because you're my friend. But yeah. Uh, I mean, it was just definitely like it, it exceeded it definitely exceeded my own expectations. Yeah. And it certainly exceeded I think everyone in the audience. Yeah, it's a fun night. It's a fun night. I've only ever gone one time and I couldn't stay the whole night, but it was one uh, year when Alan Cumming hosted and he's he's a delight to watch and you're a delight to watch. So I'm sure everyone was so well, grateful. Thanks, Case. Um, well, what's happening with Carvana while Liz is feeding the baby? Let's get into it. <laughs> um, they, it seems like, We've reached an agreement, and they're going to take care of uh, what's been going on with my car after being at a garage for over a month. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm proceeding with caution because uh, it hasn't happened yet. But I think they're gonna take back the car, and then I'll still not have a car, and I'll have to find a car. But um, I can do that. But so are they giving you money back? Yes, they're going to. And are they going to reimburse you for the car being wrapped as well? Yes, yes, they say. Okay. Yes. All right. So. So have you begun the hunt? Yep. I'm on the hunt for a car. And um, Ashley Nicole Black, uh, shout out to her. She won an Emmy last night. And I was the best telling you that I didn't fully watch the Emmys because when my friends are up for awards, like I just, I almost black out with anxiety for them. So I didn't fully watch the Emmys because I was nervous for Ashley. She wasn't nervous. She's, she does this all the time, and she's great at it. But she won an Emmy for uh, Ted Lasso, um, winning Best Comedy. And um, but the re- <laughs> I'm not just name dropping Ashley Nicole Black. Um, she is my friend, and she also recommended like a car concierge to help me find a new car. It costs a few hundred bucks, and then that guy like goes out and finds a car for you. And also, my friend Kristen Bartlett also used a car concierge and. They both say that they're great and that that's a good thing to do. So that's maybe what I'm going to try to do. Spend the few hundred dollars to send someone out to hunt for a car that has the characteristics I'm looking for in a love match in a car. I mean, I'm grateful that Carvana did the right thing, but I also am like feel a little bit like bummed that it took it's been taking so long and it literally took you like taking it to the internet, which is just like, I hate that about businesses now. Like, I hate that, like, the only people that can get responses are people with, like, sizable Instagram following and, like, right. I don't know. It just sucks. You know what? I want to talk about that for a minute, too, because, well, first of all, I want to say that Carvana, from their perspective, they were like, this is a case of a couple key pieces of information, like falling through the cracks and, you know, and that never got back to us, like exactly Mm. what was wrong with the car. And so now that we know, we can start the process of returning it. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I can appreciate all of that. Um, And, you know, I made a post on Facebook. I made some, like, really public posts about, like, trying to get someone's attention and trying to get some customer service. And to Carvana's credit, when they saw that, they immediately responded. Um, I 
you know, I do have like a little bit of an Instagram following, not not even close to busy's, but you know, pe- some people. And uh, and I'm also like verified on Twitter. So does that make a difference? Probably. If we're being honest, it probably makes at least a little bit of a difference. But I made a post on Facebook saying, like, I've really resisted being a Karen on this. Like, I don't want to be, like, I tried to go through the proper channels. Oh, and, I saw your post. And, you know, and wait it out and give people all the chance to do the right thing. And then my friend Sarita wrote, and this is true, what she said. She said, well, for what it's worth, being a Karen is, like, using your privilege and, in your case, like, your mm-hmm. whiteness to, um, you know, to take advantage and to, like, further marginalize other people and to, like, you know, right. that's beat right. up on people, which is totally right. And um, I was like, okay, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. But then I thought about it more, and I came back to her, and I was like, Sarita, I've really been thinking about what you said about being a Karen. And I was like, I think the reason that I felt weird about it is because prior to me saying something on social media and actually getting a response, I was talking to people that worked for a number of different companies, not just Carvana, but like also the insurance company that um, was the warranty is under and folks at Carvana. Mm -hmm. And those are people that very easily could be like a receptacle for my frustration, you know, like I could have poured my frustration sure. into them, knowing right. that anyone it's, who works in like customer service, exactly, yeah, a hundred percent. And I know for a fact that like one of the guys that I was dealing with, uh, it, it was a Latino gentleman. You know, so it, I just felt like he's trying to do his job, and mm-hmm. his job is to like manage my frustration. But there wasn't really mm-hmm. anything he could do about my frustration in his position, mm-hmm. you know. Right. So that's what I meant when I said like I'm not trying to be a Karen because I think that's where, you know, sometimes it's easy to like go off on someone who's just on the phone and they're just trying to do their job and they have like certain parameters that are within their power to change or not change or whatever. So, um, and that's really difficult. And so I was trying to be mindful of that. But in the meantime, I grew increasingly frustrated over the course of a month trying to get, you know, so anyway, it's just something that I was thinking about a lot and how, you know, how it's kind of like. Oh, yeah. No, I know what you mean. I've I've been a Karen. I myself have been a Karen and you're absolutely right. Like it's the, the nature of sometimes I've, I've, I've gone the opposite way. Cause when I grew up and I hope my mom is not offended by this, she was like notoriously like could be on the phone and be like, get shit done that uh-huh. she needed. And it was always, my mom is the nicest person. It would always start very nice. And she was a single mom of three kids and she did not have a lot of time on her hands. But if it, if it took her more than 10 minutes, by the end of that 10 minutes, she was not necessarily the nicest person, but things would get done. Right. And sometimes like I've caught myself going in that route. And so now I go the opposite where I'm like overtly nice to customer service people on the phone to where they're like, you're the nicest person ever. I'm going to give you this free thing. Like I've gotten (laughs) so much free stuff from people from just going the opposite way. But it's so hard not to do that because I almost think sometimes in some of those jobs, they're trained to just 
no, 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 because they are not paid enough to say yes, basically. Right. Like, it's like all they can say is no. Right. And I'm sure their, like, job review and job performance hinges on, like, a positive outcome for the company, Mm -hmm. you know, over over the customer. And, you know, and I know that all of these calls are recorded and they have to keep their composure. (laughs) And, you know, so this is, like, every company, every company, when you're talking to someone, usually the call is recorded. And I'm sure they're, like, periodically reviewed. And like you said, Liz, like, people don't make a lot of money doing those jobs. And so, you know, it's just, like, I... The last thing that I was saying is that, like, you know, Carvana, to their credit, was like, now that we're looking at it, we see all these notes in your file of, like, times that were called. It's just that they, you know, it was like a miscommunication. It fell through the cracks. Like, you know, that like, that's how it is. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, so it was just, like, an important lesson that, well, it's a catch-22, right? You want to be patient with the person on the phone because they're just doing their job. And but then when you're that patient and you're just waiting for things to go through the right channels, sometimes like things fall through the cracks. And like then, you know, sometimes you might feel like your only recourse is to like put people on blast on social media. And yep. Yep. You know, so that's me with my health insurance right now. That's yes, really me with I, yes. so this health is, insurance. So Liz, I really wanted to I'm so glad you brought it up. I really wanted to talk about this because when you posted that the other day, I just was like so angry about it. Why don't you explain a little bit of what has happened with <sighs> we're in the same union, could- it's SAG AFTRA, and so we have yes. Blue Cross Health Insurance. And how it works is that you have to like there's two ways to qualify right okay you go ahead so you could either qualify through earnings which i don't know the exact number but i believe it went up during the pandemic um but it was initially two tiers but then during the pandemic it went up and they lost the lower tier so it's you to qualify earnings wise you have to make i think it's I want to say it's 26 to 28, something around there a year, or you can do it by days. And I want to say it's 90, like two days of uh, SAG-AFTRA qualified work can also qualify you for health insurance. So I have always qualified with um, earnings because it's, it's, believe it or not, it's very hard to work a hundred days as an actor, yes. unless you're like a series regular on like a hit Wait, show. Wait, so is it is it twenty eight thousand dollars, something I like think that? It is. It's I like twenty eight thousand. You have to earn twenty eight thousand dollars working or work a year, a year or work. Yeah, and it's like qualified. It's like specifically, it's like some things qualify, some things don't. Okay, um, right. So it's not just like everything you earn, but it's like qualifying earnings is what right. they call it. Right. Or I, I think it's ninety. One or ninety-two days of work, right? Which but sometimes I never people do for the days, right? But sometimes people are um, extras, mm-hmm. like the like background, background artists. Actors, yeah, background artists oftentimes will qualify through that. Yeah, through mm-hmm. the oh, that that makes sense. And then there's also special. Um, there's a special section or or like ex- exemption exception. I don't know whatever for street performers. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Interesting. They did that like like 10 years ago. Liz, can you and juggle? I, think, I can't what? juggle, but I can I mean I could do something on the street. Seriously. I also for the was next I also think 90 days. I also wondered 
if people who played characters at theme parks were able to do it as well. Oh, interesting. If they were already in the union, I mean. Like, it's interesting. Because in order to be in the union, you have to like qualify, pay into the union, mm-hmm. and then you're in the union, right? So it's right. not just like any street performer can claim, can like right. you be have SAG to. after. But it's like if you are SAG and you're a street performer, you can like, I can't remember exactly. I remember it was like a big deal when it happened. This is really similar, by the way, to how the Writers Guild of America works too. So anyone who's like a a performer, it's very similar to how it works for writers, which is that you have to earn a certain amount and work a certain time on a show to qualify for health insurance that year. And the show has to to be... A, a union show. A union show, which is right. increasingly difficult. That pays into, it's like not only that, but it's, but I think the union shows do have to, but they're essentially they're paying into the health insurance, right. which is yes, why it right. qualifies. Right. right. Um, right. And then I looked it up because I was, cre- okay, it's 25, uh, 25,950 and then I think it's like 91 days or something. I think it's a, a lot. I think you're right. That's a lot. Yes. That's like, you know, uh, that's, oh. If Wink. I had 91 days of work, I, I probably wouldn't be thinking about insurance that much. <laughs> right. Like, that'd be you know, a huge like, year. Yeah. And especially yeah. when you consider that, like, you know, a number of days of an actor's year are spent preparing and going on auditions, which is totally right. unpaid, just Absolutely. speculative work, hoping that you'll book a role. Or in my case, I, I booked a commercial, but it didn't air. And I was like, right before I had my baby, I booked this commercial. And I was like, all right, I'm set. <laughs> like, right. I falsely was like, I should be okay. Let me have this baby. And then it never aired. And I immediately, when I noticed it didn't air and it wasn't going to air, I let my agents know. I was like, I just need work. Like, I had my baby in February and no, March, April. And at the end of April, I was like, okay, I need to get back to work, which is kind of crazy. Like, I think people in this country don't realize that running back to work after having a baby, I, I would say a year. I feel like you need a year with your baby, truly. But we as Americans run back to work because yes. we have to. Some right. people want to, but a lot of people have to so fast. It's crazy to me that in Having a C-section, which is what I had, Ugh. like my first thought was like, okay, when can I get back to work? When is this, when are my insides not going to fall out? Because I need to get insurance. Like, that's And meanwhile, they're telling you, don't walk downstairs. Don't, you know. Oh, yeah. Don't lift your baby. <gasps> don't lift anything. Well, yeah. they say don't lift every, anything heavier than like 10 pounds or something, but, but it quickly becomes your baby. Well, my babies um, were both over 10 pounds. They were both C-sections and both over 10 pounds. So I had to like have them handed to me. Yeah. So it, it's Ugh. crazy to me that I was like, I need to get back to work. <laughs> like, I love my baby, but I need to get back to work. And I told my agents, you know, I, at the time they were like, you need to focus on guest stars. And I was like, honestly, I just need to get anything because I need health insurance. Right. But we're still in a pandemic. It's still fairly slow. Like, it's not... The work isn't flowing like it was five to 10 years ago for guests. Right. Also, on top of it, Liz, like you're a new mom. You're not looking for jobs in Toronto, Vancouver, oh, no. New York, or I had to turn Atlanta. down in-person auditions. Yeah. And I had to turn down a couple of in-person auditions because I just physically couldn't put my baby at risk. Right. He was a newborn. Like, it's... <sighs> 
the the long story short is I'm losing my coverage because I had a baby and I couldn't work. And that's bananas to me. It's bananas that there's not a grace period for, for a lot of things, but in my situation for having a baby, yeah, I, I, and on top of all of that, I, so I, br- I brought this up at this point because we're talking about customer service people. I was bawling on the phone to the customer service people at SAG After Health. I was sobbing because I was like, I don't know what I can have could have done differently. Like there was a formula shortage. I didn't want to breastfeed. I sucked at breastfeeding, but I had to do it because there was a formula shortage. That was time consuming. Like I just was like, and I felt bad for this person because I'm like, I know you don't get paid enough to listen to this girl sobbing on the phone, but like that's where we are as a country. Like you were literally the gatekeeper to me getting insurance for not only me, but for my newborn baby. Like if I, we both lose insurance. And everyone's been so amazing. And they're like, well, you can get on Cobra. Cobra sucks. I'm Cobra's, sorry. but Cobra's I, more than a mortgage payment. Cobra, It's insane. And so you're telling me that in the year that I did not work, the most that I've ever not worked in my entire career, to hop on the most expensive insurance, That's and, and I, that's probably what I'd have to do because I'd want to keep my pediatrician for my baby and my right, OBGYN. I just had a C-section. I need to see my OBGYN. <laughs> like... If I had an emergency, which sometimes you do. Right, right. So it it was, and unfortunately, the guy that I talked to was, bless his heart, he was like, well, your options are um, booking some work, so I'm going to hope that that happens for you. And like when I got off the phone with him is when I got on social media and typed that post because I was like, well, I guess it's the wild, wild west here. Like my agents are great and they're doing everything they can. But I was like, I know some people, maybe someone's hiring. Like maybe I could knock out a short film every single day, you know, something. But I was like, I'm desperate here. But it's um, also, it's a, it's a, it's a bad policy by the union. It's not, it's not th- like the point of a union is that you take care of its members. Right. You know what I mean? And so what does it say about us as a union that we don't take care of our members when they are unable to work because they just had a baby? It's a p- also, there's it's a pandemic. Like, I actually can't believe I was shocked. I have a co- I'm on a thread with a bunch of actors that I whatever, it's just whatever, a bunch of actors I'm on a thread with. And I was shocked that like three of them, before I'd seen your post, for, I had three friends on this like big actor group text that I'm on who were like, guys, anyone have any recommendations for what I should do? Because, uh, because of COVID, I haven't met my thing and I haven't made the money and I'm going to, we're going to lose our insurance. And then two other actors were like, oh my God, this just happened to me too. And then one other person was like, I called so-and-so like a friend of mine and asked them to just give me a day. Like, this is like the thing. I'm like, this is crazy. Like, guys, I got so many messages. Like the flood of messages was overwhelming actually, because I was like, I'm a very empathetic person. And like uh, my my little friends who read cards are like, you're an empath, you're a strong empath. I don't know what that means, but I definitely know what it means in those situations because I was like, I was overwhelmed for myself and I was overwhelmed for so many people that were in the same situation. And I had like no way to help them because I couldn't barely help myself. I don't, I guess like for me where the disconnect is, and I'm curious if you've heard back from SAG or like what the conversations have been because I know you were like 
trying to put something together for the union now, aren't you? Yes. So there's another actress that I spoke to that reached out to me and she, she she's, this has happened to her twice because she has two kids. And it's inevitable that it happens because of the other thing I should step back and say is because of the way that you qualify for benefits are your your earnings quarters. So it's not necessarily a calendar year. So my earnings quarter was October to September I was very pregnant in October, had my baby in February. So my entire earnings quarter was my pregnancy and my birth. So if my earnings right. quarter and was like Right, and it is so weird. Months, your, your earnings quarter starts like literally from like when you join SAG. So everyone's exactly. is different. Right. Yes, it's absolutely that. And there is no grace period for anything like this. Like I know people that are like, oh, I got diagnosed with cancer. I don't know people, but they reached out to me and were like, I was diagnosed with cancer right before my earnings period, was out getting chemo treatment for most of my earnings period, and I lost my insurance that next year. That's bananas. You're talking about trying to meet minimums. And what's so frustrating to me is that we know that a number of members of the union who are very famous and work on big shows are maxing out earnings and time. And so it, and this was always the way it was at the Writers Guild for me too. I'm like, it's so weird to me that that doesn't like go into some kind of helping of people that are falling off. It's also the fact that we literally as a union aren't supporting people who can't work like people who have where it's not like listen i i just you know let's be real it's not like you never have qualified for the insurance and then you're like i just had a baby i should have insurance right, right. which yes. by the way a hundred percent yes you should everyone should have coverage or we should just be able to have health care right but like in this version of things you're a working actor for the last like how long? Well, I've been on the I've been on the insurance for five years, so I've, okay. I've overqualified for five years. Right. Okay. Like, so you've been on the insurance for all right. So you've well been on the over. insurance for five years. You know, you've like paid into this union, and then you have a baby that like you're like giving birth overlaps with your earnings period, and they're like, oh, shrug emoji. <laughs> Seems tough. Hope you, you, get, work. Hope you get a job. Yeah. Like, what exactly. the fuck is that? Like, I'm outraged for so many reasons. I mean, I told you my personal pregnancy as an actor story, which is it like made me so, so dumb. Sad. But well, it's it so, made sad, me so sad. But yeah. yeah. Which is just because essentially, Casey, that I had like just I didn't have another kid because like after Birdie, because I was like on Cougar Town and I didn't want to jeopardize that show. And we were doing like 22, 20, you know, the full network season, 22 episodes a year. Then when it moved to TBS and we were only doing 13 episodes a year, I was like, oh, maybe we could do, like I could have another baby. Right. But I knew that I had to get pregnant by the end of October in order to have the baby on the off season so that I wouldn't miss any episodes and so that I wouldn't miss making money because you don't get maternity leave. You don't get any time off for being pregnant. Right. So I was like, I have to get through my first trimester on camera and then I'll be off camera for the rest of it. Hopefully I'll give birth before we go back and then I'll give back, go back. I, I think I went back to work like three and a half weeks after I had cricket. Wow. Yeah, we timed both of I the kids. Imagine. No, that's not true. Eli was an accident. 
a surprise, not an accident, Eli. You weren't an accident. <laughs> you were a great surprise. But um, but the, it was just lucky timing. It was a, the timing was an, a lucky accident. And then Lincoln, we totally timed same way because I didn't want to stop down work because it would have um, I it would have caught me up in my insurance, which is frustrating. Well and, I, well, and I'm assuming you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, right, Busy? Because you went back to work at three with baby was three weeks. I guarantee mm-hmm. you there were probably minimal accommodations made for you physically where you were for like if your baby had to come to set. Listen, I was in a very, very, very privileged place by that time on the show. The show was like in its last two seasons like you know like we were established and also Courtney had a kid like and Courtney Mm -hmm. Cox was my you know the 80s were very generous in terms of breastfeeding and like pumping you know I rarely had a situation where cricket was like yeah, she came to work with me every single day. I hi- but but I mean, no one paid for this. I mean, it came out of my right. salary, which was right. like well, basically yeah. half of my fucking half of my salary. Right. Was I'm sure. paying for childcare to come with so that the baby could be with me every single day and on like in my dressing room. But yeah, like they didn't take care of any of that stuff for me. I had to do it all, but like at least I, I felt so lucky that at least they were pretty cool about me. Right. At least you go. didn't get fired. Right. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I will say, like, I've told this story sort of famously, which is that we did have a new, like, sort of showrunner guy that year, and he was a younger guy who didn't have kids. He has a baby now. Um, And he wrote, like, in the opening episode, and he knew that I was coming back, like, three weeks after giving birth he wrote like a scene of me in a shower like having sex with (gasps) my boyfriend and I was like sir no I'm wearing a diaper (laughs) a milk shower (laughs) thank you I'm I'm wearing wearing, mesh panties I'm wearing most giant pad you've ever seen (laughs) I still have ice down there Okay, like Uh, I my tits are to my knees full of milk <laughs> to my knees. <laughs> to my knees with milk. Also, like, my, I do just like, this is where, like, wardrobe department, my costumers, like, everybody just really, w- like, she was like, we're going to sew together 17 different spanks <laughs> to give you, like, all the support in your tummy that you need. Because you feel, you know, postpartum, you yeah. feel like you're. Like your body's gonna like fly apart, fly away. Yes, it's <laughs> oh. like it doesn't even feel real. You're like, what is this body that I have there's on me? Num- there's numbness. The I mean, this. Well, is you graphic, had the C-section. I didn't have. Yeah. Oh it's yeah, that's so... right. The bleeding is intense. Yeah. Like you standing up and working, I'm like, couldn't be me because <laughs> I would have been yeah. bleeding. I feel like I bled for six weeks, and um, I feel like Liz. Just FYI, the feeling will come back to your torso, but uh, it took some years for me. It took. I'm not even joking. Years. Yeah, it feels numb, like oddly, just randomly numbness in your tummy. Like it is. It's it's major surgery. It's major surgery. You have like a magician. But they didn't put you back together like a magician. They just put you back together and sewed you up. Wait, so Liz, so what is the, what is the, what's happening with the union and what is the union 
have so to say I've about requested, it. So I requested, I have nothing with the union at union yet. We're, I want, we're trying to write up a proposal. I'm, I'm working with a friend who is a, going to help write a proposal to send separately from just my specific situation, send a proposal to SAG asking for a grace period of it, just at least three months, like give us three months like essentially an additional little quarter of the whatever. There should be an exception for people for illness and for pregnancy. There oh, just I should agree be. with you. I'm literally asking for the bare minimum with yeah. this proposal, but I absolutely agree with you. And, but in terms of listening to busy talk about how they were, when she started on Cougar town, there were 23 episodes a year. We all know this is something you can know sitting home, watching television. All of our favorite shows are like six, eight episodes now, one third yeah. of the length that they used to be. So like this you getting so booked on something means that you maybe work a third of what you used to just a few years ago. Also, by the way, let me just tell you something else. It's like the old fucking days when the movie stars were making a billion dollars. Now that's like come to television where it's like you're doing some huge show with huge stars and they're like, and they've got minimum money for you. You'll get the minimum. Like you're not getting like, like, okay. I mean, I could just be gross, but like I used to make like a lot as a guest star on uh, like when I was on ER, I was right. just a guest star for right. the pilot, like, for, not for the pilot. I was a guest star for the sh- shows that I was on. Yeah. I was recurring. I was yeah, recurring. recurring. Oh my God, character. you guys. Yeah. What's wrong with my brain? <laughs> I haven't had anything to eat, so I'm hungry. Okay. I was recurring and I made like a pretty sizable chunk every episode that I recurred. Okay. Yeah. But like that amount of money, they don't pay people anymore because no. the shows are like, oh, I'm so sorry. We're paying this like huge star I mean, you guys, I just saw that, fi- you know, I I talked about it on the show. Yeah. That Pete Davidson getting $500,000 an episode as an actor. I'm like, on for that Peacock comedy. I'm like, in what fucking world? In what fucking world? But this is what I'm saying. That $500,000 that Pete Davidson is making as a member of SAG-AFTRA is like, is like the cost of however many hundreds of, <laughs> regular actors you know what i'm gonna say and so like pete davidson should get his insurance but like 99 other insurance credits should go to 99 other actors like yeah bank it and for all and that's i think that there is some messy stuff with our union regarding that i do think that is i i I have a friend who's very very aware and he was schooling me on some of the messy, messy stuff in our union in terms of like how it's capped at like half a million or something like that. And so like anyone who's making over half a million pays the same as same dues as like someone who makes, so someone could make $70 million a year, but they're paying the same as dues as someone who's made half a million. Right. Which I'm like, okay, okay. And this is messy because it's coming from a union of people that will get up and be like, we need universal health care. We need this where we have a union where we could essentially mimic something like that, but we just don't like that. Yeah. Well, they're weird. What's it called? Nambies. Not in my backyard. <laughs> Nambies. Yeah. 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 Nambies? Yes. Nambies? yeah. Not in my backyard. Yeah. Liberals yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, That's how I, it feels. On every year that I make more than that, I would be, I literally would be fine to pay more so into a union to know that like the, like my friends and coworkers are being taken care of if they're so unable to work. And I so think that I. like the exceptions being obviously like health-based makes sense. And I mean, honestly, post postpartum, I would 
I mean, I would do six months. I wouldn't even ask for three. I would do six. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. Like, because they're going to Three months, back, you're not so. even like a fucking person yet. No, and also that's not even... I didn't get into this because it's so... The mental aspect of postpartum yes. is... I, I think I got an audition shortly after and it was for... It was something traumatic. It was for like a birthing mom and the baby died or something. And I was like, I can't do this. Like right. mentally, I was just not in a, a space to do it. Like, so to be able to like be forced back into work when you're physically not ready, when you're mentally not ready, when also a baby just, they, they, I don't know how to stress this enough because I feel like America as a whole doesn't get it. They need you. Like, infants need you like you need to physically be present they don't even know that you're they're not part of you anymore so to like have to go back to work within like three months and honestly as an actor to have zero maternity leave at all like the only maternity leave I had was federally so I was on disability like that's crazy to me like I feel like my baby's six months old and I feel like he's seven months old and he still needs me to be here physically for him like at all times it's hard it's really hard. So to for what they're asking for is just ridiculous. And actually a reporter from the Deadline Hollywood or something called me. He didn't get it. He was like, so your earnings that you make when you're not pregnant, they expect you to make the same when you're pregnant and have a kid. And I was like, yes. And he was like, I don't understand. And I was like, yeah, yes, as an As sir. an actor, <laughs> as a person who's like physical appearance actually has a lot to do with the jobs you fucking get. And like, we're not all Julie Bowen, okay? We can't all hide our twins with a fucking laundry basket <laughs> in the pilot of Modern Family, which is what she did. <sighs> I remember saying, like, she's like a superhuman person. She's just like, she's wiry she and little. And like, she, she had her, is. she was pregnant, like super pregnant. And she held that fucking basket in front of her during her auditions she's and they were a like ball of energy. Yeah. And she's I've a ball of energy. Her. I'm just saying some, some, everybody's different. Every person is different when they're pregnant, Yeah, but like to be in a profession, a career where your physical appearance actually dictates like parts you can and can't play. Like you might be fucked if you, yeah, you know, as an actor, people, if you can't, when I was, when I was pregnant, people were like, you can get work pregnant roles like there's pregnant roles but get this they don't want to hire a pregnant person no, they for don't. those pregnant roles because you might Why? have they're pregnant. I that's know. a liability it's a liability because of insurance all of june you know i put those fake nails back on for a minute oh you did but they're off again because you know why why? Because you're back on missed, Olive in June. I missed my Olive in June. Uh, I have been thinking about Olive in June so much because um, I actually wrote to the founder of their company to let her know that at least once a week on our Facebook group, I feel like there is a thread of enthusiastic Olive in June users who are listeners that. of the podcast. And they're just going back and forth about colors they're looking forward to, giving each other tips. And so she joined the Facebook group so she could see the thread. By the way, the fa- the fall colors that are coming out are like literally the greatest. Do you guys, are you on board? Have you gotten your Olive in June manicure systems yet? If not, listen to me. 
You got to do it. You can treat yourself to beautiful nails all year long. The polishes last seven plus days. They don't chip. I have an Olive and June manicure right now that is on day on day 17. And I, I have, don't understand that. But I yeah, have that's to take, insane. That's I have insane. to take it off because of it's grown out, but yeah, not because wild. it's not chipped. It's grown out. But also it's like such a game changer. Your nails end up looking professionally done because they like tell you exactly how to do it. The formula for the polish is so good. Like my nails literally look so good. I, and people are like, oh, your nails look great short. And I'm like, they really normally don't, but now they do. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Yeah. Because you're able to give yourself such a professional looking manicure because yeah. as you were saying, the polishes are self-leveling. It comes with the little silicone poppy that steadies your non-dominant hand and gives you something to grip onto. The brush is flat. And so you can just paint each nail with three strokes. And if you have any questions, you can get online on Olive and June's Instagram or their website and get like a full tutorial on how to There's give yourself- There's all kinds of tutorials. Yeah. yeah. I learned the best tip, which I never knew, is that I was always flooding my cuticle because I was starting my polishing at the cuticle. And I learned because Olive and June did a special tutorial for um, listeners of this podcast, you start the brush in the middle of your nail, then you shimmy it down to your cuticle where you want it to be, and then you brush back up. I never knew that. In all the years I've been- painting my nails. I never knew that. And since I learned that tip, my um, manicures look like I paid $100 for them. I mean, your nails look great and I'm impressed. <laughs> Guys, getting beautiful salon perfect nails at home is a dream come true with Olive and June. Your new nail life is here. Visit oliveandjune.com slash busy for 20% off your first Manny system. That's O-L-I-V-E A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash busy for 20% off your first Manny system. Oh, go get it. Go get those nails. I got cast or I was like the first choice for this movie that was filming when I was pregnant with Birdie. And, uh, like got the part, like everybody was, and they were started working on my deal. And then it came through that the insurance company that insures the movie, it was a big movie and it was to be like, you know, like the sassy sister-in-law or like the sassy best friend or like whatever the part was. The insurance company that insures the film will not provide insurance for me and like won't guarantee the film. So the studio was like, oh, well, we can't hire her. They hired another actress and then they made her fake pregnant in the movie, which by the way, the character wasn't pregnant, but then they just liked that I was, <laughs> they just I liked guess. It. And so then they, they just put a movie. your pregnancy from you. They literally stole your pregnancy. They plagiarized your pregnancy. So fucking rude. And I didn't even get like the benefit of, of having that job. And then... And then, you know, I got the only job I've ever gotten fired from was when I was pregnant and I was devastated because I got a huge voiceover job and I did on a, on like a big cartoon, cartoon, whatever, animated, animated, a big animated film. And I did one day on it and then they found out they could get someone that was like 
I, this was like way, this was before Cougar Town. This was like, you know, like I really did not, no one knew who the fuck I was really. I'd been on like Dawson's Creek, but like no one cared. Um, they got like I someone with cared. a, <laughs> I know, but like, you know what I mean? They got someone that I had a exactly name, yeah. someone that had a name became like interested or available or something. And I got fired and I was devastated. And then that's why my friend Josh Friedman and see Liz, this is like exactly what I'm talking about. My friend, Josh Friedman had the Terminator TV show at the time, the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Oh and God, he was like, show. I'm just going to write a part like, like four episodes that like, you're just in it. I like that you're, it's, it'll be good that you're pregnant because, um, like just, you're so earthy and mothery, like against Sarah Connor is <laughs> like, it's like a vibe, but he literally made that job happen for me. Oh no, I'm going to cry so that I didn't like lose my insurance and that I could like make a little bit of money before I had my baby. And I shot my last scene for that show one week before I gave birth to Birdie. I am like the most pregnant person you've ever seen on television. I was like so gigantic that the kid who played, um, what's his name? The son. Oh, um, the yeah, son. Yeah, yeah. John? John Connor. The kid who played John Connor thought that it was like a fake prosthetic belly. And he was like, normally our prosthetic team is like amazing, but this is weird. They just made it too big. And I was like, oh no, Thomas Decker. That was the kid's name. I was like, oh no, Tom, Thomas. Uh, no, I really am pregnant. He's like, but that's not you. That's like, they like added to it. And I was like, no, babe. I'm he kept digging. <laughs> literally about to give birth next week. And this is my stomach. And he was like, oh, wow, that's <laughs> something. I was like, yeah, dude. But like, that's insane that's so that you have to that like... your friend did that. that it, I see why you're tearing up because that, I don't even know if your friend could even realize how huge that is. Like he saved you. Like, you know what I mean? Like having insurance. He saved me. He saved you. Like that's huge. Yes. And it shouldn't be that dire, but it is. And it's sad. It's really sad. And for and for both parents, by the way, I should say, I, I've been going on and on about, I believe this for myself too, but I think both parents, if they're both actors, good Lord, like I can't even imagine that everybody just loses insurance. Right. Like what? Right. This is when I miss busy tonight every day, but this is when I miss doing the show that much because we didn't have a lot of power, but it was a union show and we... <laughs> This is how we cast bits on the show, only to get people health insurance. Only. We did. That's, like that's a true story. That was the audition. What's your that. health insurance situation? Mm-hmm. Are you are you getting close? Are you close to your minimum? And can are you we close? Help? I am close. Well, let's. We would like to help <laughs> bring you, you on your put show you over the edge. Yeah. Well, and that's how you. Yeah, that is like how you use your power for good. Apparently, there is like I don't even know if I'm supposed to say this, but I, nobody told. I didn't sign an NDA. There was like a, a list going around, like a casting society list of actors that are close to getting their insu- close to getting kicked off of their insurance. And they were like, or everyone was like, "Are you on the list? Are you on the list?" And I was like, "No." And finally, the list got to me. But when I went to add my name to the list, it was full. It was Ugh. too full. They were like, "We cannot take any more people." It was like a thousand actors were like, "Help." help me, I'm about to lose my insurance. And the casting directors were essentially basically overwhelmed and they had to close the list. That's how bad it is. And I know, like, I have casting director friends and they're like, as soon as something, Liz, as soon as we have something, we're bringing you in. Like, I, like, I feel, I felt really overwhelmed with, like, when you shared that post, when anyone, like, 
I felt really overwhelmed because I feel like that's what a union is supposed to be. It's supposed to be actors looking out for each other and like making things easier for us. And I feel like that um, saved me from myself because I was like, I'm a bad mom. I'm a bad actor. Yeah, like I, I was know, really I like piling oh, on myself about it. Oh. Like it got bad. It got dark. I, you can, I'm, I have, I have a book, Liz. I wrote a book. <laughs> And in the book, there is a chapter about me giving birth to Birdie. And I go through this exact, I mean, it's actually fucking crazy what you just said, because this is what I said was like, I'm so stupid. I'm so dumb that I gained so much weight and I'm so fat and I can't lose it. And I'm not getting these jobs because they don't want to hire me. And I'm so, I'm a bad, like I'm a bad mom. I can't, you know, I went through this exact spiral. Like I feel you so deeply. You are an amazing, talented, beautiful actor who just had a fucking baby. (laughs) Is living your, is a, and by the way, should be supported in living like your actual life outside of your work, because that is what makes people better actors. I am such a better actor for being the mom that I am because I understand frustration and (laughs) no, I'm kidding. But like, (laughs) I, you know what I mean? I just putting everything else aside, like, I think this is the most relatable postpartum feeling. Like I think so many women, whether you work in a creative field or not, like go through this thing of like, am I a bad person if I can't If I don't go back to work, am I a bad person? If I do go back to work, a bad mom, am I making the right, I have to go back to work for money, for insurance, for X, Y, and Z, but leaving my kid feels terrible. Like, and nobody is there to just say like, here's how you do it. And here's how I'm going to help you. Here's how you do it. And here's how we can help. And I wish I could do, I literally have like texted people that I know that have shows. I was like, fuck, I wish Girls 5 Eva was on. You could come here with the baby and stay here. Like, and I have babysitters. Well, also I would just watch the baby because I love babies. Um, but Girls 5 Eva is not shooting maybe no, ever it's... again, but we, you know, like we don't know, but like, it's not, we're not going back anytime soon, but I've like texted people that I know. I and I don't so. know that many people that have shows in LA actually. Right. Right. No, I, and honestly, like that's, people doing that and like going to bat for me, like, I just can't believe it. I can't believe that it's gotten to this point. Like that's sad to me, but I also was was so overwhelmed with like, I was like, I cannot believe what have I done to get busy Kat Dennings? Like why? (laughs) I've never met you in person. I've never met Kat Dennings. I've never met Melanie, like these actresses that I love and, people that I've loved for all sorts of reasons, not just their careers, but just you as a person, I've always adored you. Um, uh, Why are they going to bat for me? And it's because A, they get it and B, they're like, this is fucked up. Well, yeah. And I've literally been there. I have literally been there with my first kid. I lost a house. I lost my fucking house when Birdie was like four months old. Like it went into foreclosure, like on Christmas. It was intense and it shouldn't be this way no and the life of an artist is like hard the life of anyone right now is hard but 
Like, yes, I do think, and I feel like a very, I'm pouring water, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> Casey's giving me drink. shit because she's like, you're drinking too much water today. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> no, I, I just am very thirsty. I just feel bad for you because I feel like your bladder is really giving you I'm a run to for your money. from Pearl Jam three nights ago. That That's makes that all is. the sense in the That's world. And Jam, yeah. You were singing, singing. Yeah, because I was on. I was like on another fucking level. I like, I like, I time jumped back to 1990. I want to. I want to go there. We want to go there. We want to visit there as well. You know, know, back to the time. Back to the Emmys um, and the parts of it that I did watch when I wasn't too nervous for my friends. Um, (laughs) Cheryl Lee Ralph, I think, said on she was incredible. Her her. Song Who? in her speech, Cheryl Lee Cheryl Ralph. Lee. Oh, um, I love her. But when she, I think when she was on the red carpet, she was saying, like, you know, she was talking about something De Niro had said to her, I think. Is that correct? And then she said, uh, at some point in the night, thank God I didn't give up on me, you know, because there were times when I knew that nobody was checking for me and I wasn't what the industry was looking for. And thank God I didn't give up on me. And that is so incredible. And it's such a message for anyone that's trying to like pursue this creative life. But also, like, we have to make it a little easier for fucking tenacious people to hold on. You know, like, I'm, I'm not above a little adversity. I'm not, you know, I know that right. this is a, you know, not everybody automatically gets to be on a TV show or gets to write on a TV show. I know that. I know that people have to work hard. Just it's, it's an abundant, it's an abundant business. It there is, is so much abundance yeah. in the business for so many people. And I just mm-hmm. don't feel like we should be taking tenacious lifers who have dedicated their lives to like being great at their craft and sort of like fucking crushing the spirit out of them because it's, you know, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. And I think that, you know, obviously most of the people that listen to this podcast aren't actors or writers, but I think it's something that a lot of people can relate to. People are... People are trying to be good in their careers and then they're just being made to like fight for their own survival all the fucking time. And that's a but whole other like, job. But even like being good in your career, fine. How about just have a job? Right. Right. How about just have a job and have a life and be able to live? Right. Like right. that's I love that is- guy that that does the union organizing that's been doing the union organizing for Amazon like around Amazon workers. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. right. What is his name? He's so cute. Oh yeah. Very, no, I know what you're cool. talking about yes. though. But it, yeah, this whole th- that was that that term quiet quitting or ghost quitting, whatever that was. Yeah, people were talking about. I was like, fuck that term. Like you're basically giving people shit for not doing more work than they were hired to do. Like that's right. for basically for having a life. Like and you're calling it quiet quitting or something. Like that really bothered me when that term was flying around because I could not wrap my head around how we had gotten there as a society to make people feel guilty for living their life. Well, I think it really um, hit a sour note with women in particular, because we're the ones, for the most part, in the workplace that have been doing all the extra shit, planning the parties, washing the dishes, taking the notes, Mm -hmm. typing things up, getting packages out, you know, all these years. Ordering the birthday cupcakes for fuck's sake. (laughs) Ordering the fucking birthday cupcakes. And we all know... (laughs) The, how does it pay off in the end? 
Not at all. It doesn't make a damn bit of difference. You know, I was always the one that kept shit in my desk drawers for myself, but also if anyone needed a tampon, a Band-Aid, and next thing you know, you're like everyone's mom and, Mm -hmm. you know, or you're like the caretaker of the entire office or production or show or whatever the fuck. And like, you don't get promoted for that. You don't get a raise for that. No, and you're like running a damn CVS. Right. (laughs) Exactly. You're like, you don't even get reimbursed for that. You don't even get reimbursed for like the shit that you're just giving away. I totally feel that so deeply. And so I'm like, for someone to tell me that like, oh, you're not going to do the dishes anymore after the birthday, the monthly birthday party where you also ordered the cupcakes, that's quiet quitting. Go fuck yourself. It's not. It's called minding my own fucking business. Also, we're adults. We don't need cupcakes on our birthday at work. (laughs) Yes. You're really anti-birthday. You're really (laughs) anti-birthday. Take a personal day and and celebrate... You know, ugh. I agree with you. And that's the honestly, that is how I felt like after having a baby. I was and honestly, I'd put it off for a very long time. Like, it's hard to even wrap your head around having a baby as an actor because of all the things we've already mentioned. But like, on top of that now, like really, really sinking, letting it sink in that like health insurance is, is a huge deterrent that either you're aware of it, like I was aware of it, but not how dire it would be. And also because of the pandemic, it's extra dire. The work is just not there. Like, it's just not. They should be giving people leniency and not making it harder. And yeah, I feel I feel for any actress that happens to be listening that's like, I want to have a kid because I feel like I'm totally, you know, probably pushing them to not out of stress. But I, I don't blame. Like, it is stressful. Like, unless they fix this and make it right. right. Like, or it's unless you're lucky stressful. enough, unless you're lucky enough to have a partner who can like just swoop in and fully support and like, or, you know, right. Like I, it is, it is, I think that this is, while it is definitely specific to our union and our careers that we chose to be in like a creative pursuit. It's also super relatable. I think lots of women in lots of different industries struggle with the like, when and how could I even do this? How could I take this break? And what will happen if I do? And how is there going to be any support or any help for me? There is no support in full fucking circle, forcing women to have children with no support at all could not be more cruel. Like I'm in a mommy forum because that's how I stay okay. sane. Like with every little poop that comes out of my baby, I'm like, <laughs> is this normal? And almost, I would say 90% of the mommies are stressing about when to go back to work, if they should quit their job because they don't want to miss these moments with their kids, how to get their like literally weeks old baby to sleep so they can go back to work, which is right. insane because babies just don't sleep. They're babies. Like, but they we have to sleep train care. them so they can go to sleep so we can go to work. Or Liz, by the like, way, Liz, just, Liz, just, just real quick. I like refused to sleep train my first child. And sometimes when I talk about it, I'm like, Bertie just wouldn't be sleep trained. Fucking sleep train your kid. I'm telling you, you have to do it. I'm telling well, you, he kind you of sleep trained himself. Do- okay, fine. Great. Uh, he's lucky you. All right, then yeah. you're good. Then you're good. Angel. We basically, to, for anybody who needs advice, we sent, instead of me going in there to check in at night, my partner Sean goes in there to check in at night, and, he, and Lando could care less that he's in there. He's so like, he's like, oh, good night. Sean, he just get like out of here. Over and goes <laughs> to bed. And so now he's basically sleep trained himself. But I don't like, you, go you in got, there. At you night. got some food for me? You smell like my mom? I get to cuddle <laughs> into you? 
Nope. No. See you. Nope. Yeah. See you tomorrow, sir. It was like the easiest sleep training. Um, see you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. He was waking up like every hour, and then Sean went in there, and he was like, "Oh, never mind. No. <laughs> you bore me, but, Dad." Yeah. But you. Oh, By the way, absolutely. I want to just but, say yeah. real quick. It speaks to how smart your kid's going to be. Yeah, he's smart. That's true. He was he's just asking for. He chance. just wanted you. And yeah. then once he realized, like, you were going to not come anymore, he was like, well, I guess I just got to go to sleep. It's just not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he figured it out so fast. He's smart. He is a little smarty pants. The other day, um, we put up a baby gate for the first time because he's trying to walk. Yeah. And he, like, sco- he plays with a laundry basket because I like free toys. And he, like, pushed the laundry basket up against the gate and crawled on it and was, like, <gasps> trying to get out. I was like, you're too little to be, like... Trying to crawl out of your baby An escape artist. Smarty pants. Oh, yeah. Um, But, yeah, we don't have any support as a country. Whereas in my mommy forums, the moms that are from Australia or the UK, all they are saying is, like, your country's stupid. (laughs) Like, the way that they handle this is stupid. That that's not even a thought in their brains going back to work or how to sleep train their babies because they're they're it's they have the support from their their government like they get to be off for from like eight to eighteen months in some of these countries they're they get paid maternity leave and so yeah every single time a mom is like I'm just so stressed out like I shit you not a mom from like Australia is like that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard of <laughs> and they're not wrong and they're they're absolutely right. They're right. Like, it's dumb as hell. And we live like this. We don't have to live like this, but this is how we live. I mean, unfortunately, like, unless we show up and vote and, like, mm. try to really make changes. That's why I'm curious. Like, I would be really interested in, like, doing something with our union with you and, and like, trying to find, like, trying to galvanize, like, other moms. Like, Michelle, I sh- I'm sure Michelle would. It also feels like it intersects with Time's Up. I don't know what happened at Time's yeah. Up. Did it die? Did Time's Up? Was it Time's Up I on Time's Up, guys? I've not been in touch with Time's Up it in a while. It does seem that but it did. I've not been in touch with them ever. I know there was, like, scandalous controversy shit, but, like, they right. had a lot of powerful girls involved. Powerful right. women. I absolutely think this is something that needs to be brought up. Well, it's like, it's like the cost of college education going up when, like, wages compared to wages going up. It just doesn't make right. any sense, right? Here's the starting point. Go back to when these minimums were set and average the amount of days that the average actor got working on a job now come back to today average the amount of episodes there are of tv shows compared to back then and then you have to prorate this minimum so that yeah. it's but then also but not only that but all, not only that casey you have to take into consideration the amount of work that has left los angeles right specifically mm-hmm. right because a lot of those roles like day player roles and roles that would like You know, when you move to a different location for your shooting, like a different state, they all have rules, laws about how many, how much percentage of the cast needs to be local hire. Right. So, like, you have to hire a certain percentage of people from Charleston, South Carolina. Right. You know, so, like, those parts aren't being taken by other actors in L.A. Like, it's just – and by the way, I'm okay with that, too – like there's plenty, right? But you just have to account stuff, for but, it. Like you have to account for it. Exactly. You have to account for it so that That's your right. members in good standing, who have been in good standing and shown in good faith 
that they are productive members of your union, you have to have their fucking back. And I would even argue, mm-hmm. like, I mean, not like, not even like this is needs to be an argument, but Liz, like, you can look at your resume and see the increase in work. It's not like you've gone every year you haven't worked, like, you know, like, oh, you didn't work this year at all, and then you work. Right. It's like you go, you go from, like, you're, you're, you're on the ladder on My the way up. My names are like nurse in like seven. Yes. To, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. No, you go from like, you go from like woman in Costco <laughs> in to car. like, then yeah. you have like a name and then you're this and then you're that. And then you're on, Honestly, within you know, Black-ish, 18 it's the same thing. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just feel like that's, I mean, there, this is the thing. Oh God. And this is what I was talking about. Again, with my best friend from the Red Sox. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> Which is that because he was like asking me what I thought about, you know, some of the abortion stuff and whatever. And I was like, one of the biggest issues I think is that the other side had has been, had been, and was so successful in keeping their messaging like just very clear and concise and like it was very, there was no nuance to it. Right. And the problem is, is that there is so much nuance to living life. Life is not like a series of yes or no's. It is like a series of some yeses and some no's and a lot of like, well, I don't know, it depends. You know what I mean? Right. And like people just have a really hard time wrapping their heads around the, well, I don't know. It depends. Let's think about it for one second. Yes. Rules and, and policies and, and have to be living and evolving. And you evolving. can't just set a rule for something and be like, well, we did it. That's it. And we'll never revisit this rule again when mm. all the circumstances surrounding why that rule exists and why you need to have that rule and how people are living is changing actively. You can't just leave it. Rules and policies need to be living. And that includes our constitution. And that includes every union policy, whatever union charter laws. Yeah, laws. like I'm not listening to something that was written when I was considered property. Right now, right. I'm well, sorry. Were, like, yeah, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, did you ever watch what the Constitution means to me, Liz? No. Did you ever watch it, Casey? I never did watch it. I have you to. Guys, I'm will catching, you guys, watch it I'm for catching me? Up. Yes. I've been watching Watch Out for the Big Girls, uh, Lizzo's show. That's what I did while I was only watching I mean, clips you, of the that's Emmys. Self, that's self-care. That's self-care. That is self-care. I agree with that. But what the Constitution means, means to me is also self-care, guys. It was a Broadway play first and um, by this woman, Heidi Schreck. And then I believe you can get it on Amazon Prime Video. Yes. Okay. Where Lizzo's um, show also is. So I can just jump over. Guys, when I finish the finale. Here's what we're going to do. You're going to watch Lizzo's show, Obvi. <laughs> and then you're going to hop on over to Heidi Shrek's What the Constitution Means to Me. But it is so, I, it, it's such required viewing for all people in this country because she's so perfectly like, breaks down why the constitution as it stood and why like constitutionalists like 
what's his name? Boner. Boner. <laughs> what's his name? John, what's the justice? Oh, John. Bo- oh, wait. Who's the John Roberts' name? The John chief, Roberts. The John chief, Roberts. The chief justice. justice. John Roberts. John Roberts oh. has like, John Roberts. Oh, because this is what was in my head. John Roberts has like a boner for the Constitution. <laughs> Mm. I can see how that would get confusing because yeah. John Boner has a Roberts also, for the Constitution. No. Doesn't make anyway, any sense. That does not, that's not right. Okay. <laughs> John Roberts. <laughs> Why Justice Roberts. Yeah, Justice Roberts has like such like a hard on for the Constitution. And like there are these people that like just really they use it to like hide behind, right? All yeah. of their bad ideas and their bad beliefs and their like upholding white supremacy and patriarchy when the truth is we can't possibly go back to that document in that document like liz says well first of all like i don't even think you exist liz i think in that document i think black men are property i don't think you exist as a black woman exactly no and i don't exist as a white woman no in the constitution so right there so right there it's like well of course Justice Roberts, abortion is not named in the fucking constitution, dude. So don't oh, yeah, think I'm we can't see this. your boner under your robe. <laughs> gross person. Yeah. He I gets still, away with I, it. Back, he gets away with a lot, I think, because people are always like, oh, Roberts will come through and follow the letter of the law. But um Nope. He no, didn't. Sir, no. No. And no. then you got. Clarence with his wife all up at Mar-a-Lago. Oh, my God. Stamping documents, whatever the fuck she's doing. Anyway, guys, all of this to say, all of this to say a couple of things. Number one, Liz, I'm very grateful that you brought, that I was able to see this on your Instagram. And it, like, was brought to my attention again because it is something I've known. Obviously, I went through it myself, but 14 fucking years ago. Hmm. And... It really just has solidified to me how we have to do better for one another in ways big and small. And like the reason why I reposted it and like texted people your thing that I know that have shows is because like there by the grace, my fucking friend wrote me that part on Terminator. You know what I mean? He looked out for me. He saw it and looked out for me. And that is what we have to do for one another. And we need to like all show up and vote and like all that shit. But you just reminded me in such like a very fundamental way that there are people literally next door to you. Like there are people in your own industry at your workplace who could like really use some consideration and some help with what they're going through. Yeah, because you might be that person too, and you just don't know it yet, you know, or you were that person yeah. and you forgot it because life's been okay. Yeah, and I don't know. I just think we need to like all collectively remember. Sometimes I think we get so. I know I. I'm. I'm. Wait. I got to do the Hoffman. I. I need to remember sometimes. Yeah. That like I think so big picture, and sometimes I get real bogged down by it. But like I want to help you (laughs) like this mom who's an actress and like I wish I had a fucking show right now because I would hire you you know obviously but 
that's where we can like actually make changes in people's lives, like immediately. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and you're right. It's it it the big picture has been so big for so long. Yeah, that's right. like it's got and it's getting bigger and bigger every day. It's hard to zero in on any way that you can just help one person, but you're also helping me by how do I say this? By someone, if someone helped me out and I got something or I got myself a job, my stress level would drop. And my, like, I haven't even been able to focus on other things in life because this has been taking up my focus. So it's like someone helping in that small way, you're really helping. And then I can help someone else and I can help my child or I can go call for Beto or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's just crazy how like, you're absolutely right. Like people forget that there's like a small way you can help someone and you don't even realize it because you're, you're straight up like, well, the world is a shit show because it is right now. It is a shit show and it's overwhelming it's very easy to be frozen and be like, well, I can't do anything. Um, and that's not even just to say, like, help me, like, just in general, like you said, like, you can just take a step back and see how you can help someone in a small way in your life. It would help the world. <laughs> as ridiculous and cheesy as that sounds. I know. Sometimes I return like a to ripple. these things. I know, but it is. It's like it. all of the cheesiest cliches are true like it just it's true it is and i yeah i don't know well and i appreciate I also think, you i but i also Liz, tell you enough both thank of you. you well thank you but well, we love you it, obviously we love and you you're our friend and, but you're also not the only person having to deal with this so right i'm so grateful that you said something and it doesn't That's surprise what, me I love you so much because sometimes you just read my brain. It doesn't I was surprise literally about me. To you say, were flooded yeah. with messages from people who were like, thank you for saying something because maybe people weren't courageous enough or maybe they didn't get desperate enough or maybe they thought that they were stupid and like missing something. Oh, absolutely. And then by you saying something, you let everyone it's know. freedom. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I like, I that was the second reminder to me, which is that like, People, I want everyone, I it's a reminder for myself. I'm pretty good at self-advocating, let's be real. But like, it's a reminder, I think, for everyone else when you see someone self-advocate that like, oh, right, not everyone knows everyone else's experience or what's happening. And obviously we can try to move through the world with as much compassion and like, we don't fucking know and blah, 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 whatever. But when so, but the power of saying, hey, this is weird, but this is what I have to do in this moment is that people can show up for you. You know, I think it's like, I just want that to, to resonate with, because I know there's somebody listening right now that's going to be Pete Davidson like, could show up for you. Pete Davidson, I will, I'll do a lot. <laughs> Pete, but I won't do that. <laughs> Pete, if you're listening, maybe, maybe you, you know, talk he's a fan. To, I he's know a real he's big listening. Fan. He's probably listening. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know he's um, listening. Maybe he's a powerful person and he could talk to the union about like, oh, well, he's very powerful. I'm earning like health insurance in perpetuity. So is there any way to kick some of my quarters over to people who, you know, just had babies or are going through a rough time it and just, are sick? Yeah, it just has to. Right. It has to change. It has to change. Yeah. We're gonna and do that's it. honestly how you. I think I, I appreciate you. That's honestly, that's what I've taken from this is I'm it seems silly to me that they wouldn't let it change like at this point and I'm this is not I'm not threatening by any means but I feel like you can't hear my story I can't 
I'm going to be gathering stories as I go and say no to this. You just can't. And if you do, then you're not a union that's looking out for your people. And that I will say straight up. Like, right. It, it'll, it has to change because right. it's not, it's, it's a, just not right. It's a union. And like that reporter said, he was like, what? <laughs> he, he, yeah, it's a union. He did not understand it. He, gen- he literally did not get it. And it's it's it not surprising. No it's not surprising because again, it's such an no. abundant industry, and we're always hearing about the killer deals that people are making. But like Liz, I've told this story a million times on the podcast. But when I was a first first a writer on the Rosie O'Donnell show, Rosie didn't know how writing contracts worked. And so she was like, why is Casey so nervous? Why do her hands shake when she comes in to pitch? And the head writer was like, oh, because she's on a 13-week contract, she's six weeks in, and she already, you know, she's got like another half of this contract and she's nervous. Like if she doesn't kill it, maybe we don't renew her. And Rosie used her power to say, oh, I did not know that. I've never done this before. I didn't know that they were only working 13 weeks at a time. Do me a favor, go to business affairs, ask them to pick up her contract for two years, write up a contract and then take it to her, have her sign it, explain to her what it is and tell her to relax and learn how to do this job. And, and see, this is not, she's not, a, what What was that term you came up with? The, the term for the people who are, who will like advocate for something, but then when it comes to them, they're like, mm, Oh, like, NIMBYs. I didn't come up NIMBYs. with that. Not in my backyard. Not NIMBYs. in my backyard. She, I, I can tell she's not a NIMBY. There's like no. so many in our industry, you can tell, like, I can tell y'all aren't NIMBYs. I know, like, you know, and then you can tell the ones that are NIMBYs. You can kind of tell the ones that are just oddly quiet when things like this come up. They and just they will don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. And like you, what is the point of amassing power? What is the point of gaining power in your industry if not to use it to like power other people? And that's what she did for me. And it honestly changed my life in like a million ways. But financially and security wise, like that was huge and enabled me to start a family within the next few years. But also like... totally informed how I wanted to do everything for the rest of my life and totally made me see like sometimes people just don't know shit and once you tell them then that's all they can see and they're like well I have power I'm not letting this go until it's solved for this person this is ridiculous it shouldn't be this way yeah I love that I love so, that. I love that so much. I want to ask you a question. Like, what's the status? Like, what? How many? Do you still have time to earn more days, or is it kind of like I a fait accompli? Well, I'm closer in um, earnings than I am in days. Okay. Um. So I still, I still have residuals coming in. I like if Blackish airs twice, I'll be good. Okay. <laughs> That's like what I'm hoping for. Um, Jonathan Groff, if you're I, listening, can you throw, can you talk I someone into Jonathan throwing Groff. up? I love him. He <laughs> is the most talked about. I feel like he's the person that's been name checked the most on this podcast that busy really? ha- has never, I'm but everybody's surprised. like, not Jonathan, is- everybody at home, not Jonathan Groff, the actor who's also delightful from all accounts of what I've heard, but Jonathan Groff, the showrunner, he's the showrunner he's of Blackish. so sweet. He's one of the nicest. He's one of Happy Endings, which is my favorite show. He, funny story about him, when I was early on, when they started bringing me back to Blackish, and I wasn't, it wasn't like a set thing that I was going to be coming back. Mm -hmm. I had another audition on the lot, and I was walking through, and someone on a bicycle was like, ding, 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 like 
like really writing up to me and like, like Liz, Liz, Liz. And I was like, this is weird. Like uh, I'm at the place where I'm like, nobody on a lot knows who I am. Like, oh, especially no one on a bike. And it was Jonathan Groff. And he like was like, 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 like screeched to a stop in front of me. And he was like, are you here to film an episode? What are you doing? And I was like, no, I had another audition. And he was like, oh, you're going to be coming back to Blackish so much more. Like, he was like, don't worry about these auditions. Because I, I think I looked down and I said something I, like I bombed an audition. And he was like, you're fine. And he was so sweet. And he was like, we love you. Like, he just was like showering me with compliments. And I was like, holy shit, the showrunner of my favorite show of all time is showering me with compliments. Didn't have to do that. Yeah. Didn't, definitely didn't have to, like, ride his bike, his lot bike over to me and, Work like, make sweat. it a point. It was so sweet. Yeah, he's amazing. And I know if he, like, it, I think both of his shows, I have a, a feeling that if he was actively working on something, he would have called me in by now. But I know um, his show, Everything's Trash, is wrapped. And he had another show that was picked up, and I know that's wrapped. But right. Yeah, he's he's one of those not an MBs. Like there are just people in the industry that I know. Felicia Fasano, the casting director, reached out to me. She was like, "If I was working on anything, also not an MB. Like you know what I mean? Like they're just yeah. She's I know for a fact wonderful. if there was something, she's amazing. And Busy's I know known that, her for a long time, and I just recently have uh, become acquainted with her, and she's a good egg. She's an amazing egg. She's so sweet and so. You know, she would. She's someone that literally would probably throw me a role if she was working on something. Right, right. Um, and so you're trying to get your earnings to go over that twenty five thousand dollars. Yeah. For so the year? I'm praying. Yeah. Okay. Basically, and I had till the end of September, but I called SAG and was like, "This is crazy," and they were like, "We'll give you till October." They like threw a little month at me, and I was like, "Okay," but I also. I'm using that as like a negotiation tool. Like, yeah, I know now that there's flexibility. That it's possible. So don't fucking tell me there's no flexibility. And I'm going to make sure I have insurance for myself and my child. Yes. Hell or high water. Like, I That's won't right. be kicked off of the insurance. But oh. I also, my next step now where I am mentally, now that I can rest assured that I will make sure I have insurance, is that I want to make sure this is not an issue for other people. And I need to get in touch with our union and I need to get this proposal to them to give uh, pregnant or birthing people a grace period because it's it's not okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. If you're not, I, and I maintain leave, six months. I maintain six months. I think, I think you should. Right. Change, I think you should change it to six months because then if they gave you three, you'd be happy. You're True. right. You're absolutely True. right. I hope none of you know what I mean. Well, negotiation, guys. <laughs> negotiation. <laughs> negotiation is fucking hard, man. I want to commend you, Liz, because like also you're in the middle of the most stressful. Like, a, it's the most stressful time of you know on the list of like most stressful events in a person's life that they can have. Having a child is always in the top five. And so you're in the middle of that. And then that has put you in the middle of this very, very stressful situation for your own personal self, for your own personal self and the quality of your life day in and day out, the level of stress you're experiencing. And when faced with that, you're like, yeah, I'm gonna fight for myself, but also PS, I'm fighting for everyone else. It's not I just, love that. A, and that is, that's amazing. You're not an MB. No, you're, not. you're so. Oh my gosh! Not I want like MB. a thing that says I'm "not an MB." I need like a "not an MB" pen. We should. We should all have we that. Should. We should have um, that. Okay, and so Liz, we ask. You. We ask everyone this, and you're doing your best at so many things this week. But what are you doing your best at this week? 
I am doing my best at this week, giving myself, well, I hope this is okay, but I'm going to start doing my best today and giving myself grace as a new mom and stop with the mom guilt about so many things. I, I, that's always in the back of my head to try to do that. But I'm after this conversation that we've had and after really, really connecting with both of you who are moms and understanding that like, this is a universal thing that moms go through or uh, when they have a baby, I want to be better at that. I want to be just happy in the decisions I'm making and not fret over every last thing. And I feel like I'll be a more present mom if I do that. And that's super important to me, especially, you know, because these are times you can't get back. I can't waste every moment with my son worrying how I'm fucking him up. (laughs) No, you can't. Because by by the way, Liz, I'm just going to tell you this and Casey will tell you too. Don't worry about it. He'll let you know someday. You don't, you don't have to worry about it. He will tell you. Even throw in some extra ones that you didn't and, even and you'll have be like, wait a idea. minute, wait a minute. No, no, no. Now I took you to five Harry Styles shows, Birdie. I never, I'm a lot of things, but I also take you to see the bands play. Um, I love Liz, that we, so much. I, I think it's, a, I think that's such a good thing to remember always is that like, especially in these new new months of being a mom, it's so hard not to be hard on yourself. It's so hard not to wonder what you're fucking up and want to do better. But when you spend that time in your head, you're missing the like gold. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you're like in so many ways. So I think you're right. You will be more present and like able to be with Lando. Little Lando. What you didn't ask for any advice, but if I may offer some no, advice. No, I love mom advice. I love it. One thing that made a huge difference for me because I just felt like so out of my depth in terms of like even just like the physical, you know, putting the babies in the strollers and the car seats and like <laughs> going out to the park. It just seemed so daunting and like so something that I was not cut out for. And so there just came a time when I, you know, I was like, I'm going to muscle through this and grit my teeth and do this thing that I'm really not cut out for. It's not it's not the thing that I was born to do. Um, and I started to just lavish myself with compliments being like, well, that went great. You know, like like getting the baby in the stroller and getting him down the street to the park and feeding him a snack in the park and putting him on the swing, that all went great. I killed it. I did great at that because those are not things that you would like, you think it's basic, you know, and you're like, yeah. I should just automatically be able to do this. Oh, yeah. And like compliments are free. You know, we've talked so much how much it's meaningful when someone compliments, like, your work and tells you that, like, you're doing a great job at your acting. And, like, you deserve to hear, like, you did a great job getting Lando in that swing. You know what I mean? Like, I even remember there was a time when I came home from work and I put Eli in one of those um, mechanical swings, you know, that, like, swings back and forth. And um, I was like, he dozed off in the little swing. And I was like, you know what? He's closing his eyes. I'm going to close my eyes and take a little nap and uh, we'll nap together. That's what they say to do. And um, I woke up like two hours later and Eli was like 
awake in the chair with like the wildest eyes. He looked terrified, but he hadn't made a peep and he didn't wake me up. And I was like, well, you know what? That went great. It was, it's fine. He's in the chair. He's safe. He needs a new diaper. But like, honestly, I got a great nap and it was all fine. So that went great. Good job. Good job, mom. Good job. And good job, baby. Good job, baby. That is the most amazing thing I've ever I really love it. But he was just awake, like she could wake up. Yeah, he like, just like looked like it was like um like, like centrifugal force do? had done something <laughs> to his face. <laughs> and he just was like, I don't like, yeah, I don't even he I don't know what to do. I don't know what's happening. But anyway, I was like, that for the ways that that could have gone, that's the best case scenario. So good obsessed. job to all of I'm us. Obsessed. Good job to all oh of my us. God. So just start giving yourself compliments because you really are, you're killing it as much as a mom as you are as an actor and you deserve the props. And unfortunately, like if I was following you around, I'd tell you every time you did a great job at something, but not, people aren't there all the time. So I guess you just have to tell yourself, but know that it's true because I know you're a great mom. Thank you, you guys. that's such great advice. Oh my gosh. I'm like, I don't want to be a, a cry mess. <laughs> uh, it's we all love, we ever are. I love a crying mess. Me too. Yeah. That's what that's that's kind of her brand. <laughs> that's um, actually the, the best advice I've gotten, and I've gotten a lot of advice. So thank you. Casey. Yes. What are you doing your best at? Well, um, I'm doing my best at Hopefully, I'm doing my best at something for both of us because we are, you might know if you follow us on Instagram or on the The socials, socials. on the socials, um, that Busy and I are going to the um, the Just for Laughs Con in Toronto coming up very soon. We're going to do a live episode of Busy Phillips is doing her best. Um, mm-hmm. And so I've just been working on that and trying to get that organized on this end. And your manager, Chelsea, was really helpful in uh, getting that all together. And your assistant, Blake, has also been helpful. Good. So, you know, we've just been trying to organize like some little special surprises and make sure that we have, you know, Tickets, guys, I know that the ticketing Yeah, I know. System, Everybody, listen, listen, guys. A million listen, messages. Listen. The ticketing guys, is weird. We're trying our best here to, like, work out some stuff. But Just to, to get, like, a link that goes right to where the ticket is that you need to come see us. To, and it looks like you might, like, do people need to have, like, do you have to buy a pass? For the whole thing. I, to be honest, TBH, I'm waiting to hear back from the festival how exactly it works. I just want a confirmation on like whether someone has to buy a pass or a ticket. I know it's mm-hmm. really confusing. Um, I found it confusing. Yes. I all I too found it confusing. Mm-hmm. And so we all know that it's confusing. And so the good news is like People haven't really got tickets yet because they're waiting for, like, information on how to get tickets. So you're not shut out of anything. But you do – but I think there might be, like, a version where it's, like, a pass – Thing. Possibly, and have, yes. And, and you have to like, get the pass. And, and there's there like different tiers. And tiers. And so I can see if if someone's not trying to go for the whole festival to go see like John Mulaney and 
uh, Mark Marin and come see us and go see Lori Kilmartin and whoever. Like, if you're not trying to do that, if you're just trying to come see us, which I think a lot of people are, um, then I can see how it's confusing. So I promise you, I'm trying to get an answer on that. And I will. We've been trying to get to the bottom of it, yeah, guys. We've yeah, just we, really been trying hard. We are. And so, um, and I promise once I have an answer about like what's the easiest way to do it, then I, we'll share it everywhere so that you know, so that you're not confused. Cause we know you're confused. We were confused too. We love just for laughs. They're about laughs. They're saying we're just for laughs. We're, we're, it's not called just for tickets, you know? No, they're like, they're like, some people are about other things. We are just for us? laughs. Us? Oh, us? We're just for laughs. We're just for laughs. And therefore, like the tickets, like go to just for tickets if you want an easy ticketing system. What is, ro- what is wrong with us? Why do our brains work this way sometimes? I'm like, dude, I love it. it's right what in the name. Happening? So maybe, maybe I will call just for tickets and ask them if they know. Like, what's the easiest way to get a ticket to just relax? <laughs> and, but we'll figure it out and we'll let you know. And we're so excited. And, um, I will say I really identified with like, have you ever seen a comedian snap on Twitter when they're like, I'm going to Denver and everyone's like, come to Chicago. And they're like, I just fucking was in Chicago. <laughs> It's happened a million times where like a comedian loses their shit. And I was I know, like, I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. And every time I'm like, oh, man, oh, you went too hard on that person, on that fan that just wanted to see you. But I did uh, hear from everybody that's like, oh, I wish you weren't going to Toronto. I wish you were coming to this town. Who knows? Maybe in the future we will. So um, I was going to say, like, we're going to see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Wait, just let us get through this one. Let us get through just for laughs. Let us try to provide some la- the requisite laughs at just for laughs. We gotta we they they're asking for laughs, guys. And so that's what we have to we have to do that. We have to provide the laughs. Yeah. And so then after we do that, then we'll see about coming to your city. And that, that that's, would be that. I mean, ideally, we'd like to maybe try to do some sort of thing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So um, figuring out the tickets, thank you to everyone that wants tickets and is confused. That means a lot to me because like just you wanting tickets <laughs> is a huge deal and um, and we'll figure it out. I'm not, you know, obviously the Just for Laughs Festival wants people there to laugh. So I'm confident that we'll, that they'll help us figure it out. Me too. I have faith. Um, what are you doing your best app is? Oh, well, I think that. I I really do think I have been doing my best this week at like letting things go. That's good. That's big. It's a big thing for me and it's hard and it's not an easy thing for me ever, you know? Yeah. But like, I don't know. I just feel a little bit like, I've been able to kind of like move through some stuff. Yeah. Also, this is so weird, but it relates. But like this rug I loved. Yes. I was letting my friend try it in her apartment. 
And then I like reached out and I was like, wait, how did the chair and the rug work or whatever? And she's like, oh, the rug was too big, but I love the chairs. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll have somebody come get the rug back. She, they gave it, they had donated it. They didn't, they thought, they didn't know. And listen, guys, we can discuss whether or not you would like maybe check in first, but whatever, there was a miscommunication with somebody and somebody and somebody, I don't know. And I was like, oh no, (laughs) oh no. So I really have, I really, that's a really, that's a nice, that's a really, rugs are, I've historically spoken about how I think rugs are the most overpriced thing that you have to purchase for a home. We we briefly considered trying to start a rug business because we were so. We were like, why aren't we making this money? (laughs) (laughs) How do we make this rug money? Get in on the rug game. The rug biz. Weaver. (laughs) But the truth is, we're not in the rug business and we're not going to be, but, but the bigger sort of truth is that I guess I had to let it go. You know what I mean? And like, I think that I have had stuff like that in my life where I'm like, Oh, I have to let that go. Then I secretly in like some corner of my brain, I'm holding on to it. Mm -hmm. And this was like a very giant version of that because like, I just had to let it go. Like there's right. nothing to be done. No, it just is gone. what it is. And I had to fucking let it go. And like, I think that I've been, I think that like, that's my version of not being present in my life, Liz, is like holding on to some things, you know? Mm. And so then even like, I'm not giving myself a hard time about it. Like thoughts come up, not just the rug guys. other things (laughs) but thoughts come up they like present themselves and I'm like oh there's that thing again we gotta let that go like we're just gonna let it go it's okay we're gonna let it go you know free up that space I think it's really valuable to free it up and like even even just at that award show that I said, like, I really did such a great job. It was like, I was like holding on to an idea of like, I needed to do something like prove that I was like worthy to have that job, like to host that thing. And then I was like, I gotta let that go, man. Like, as soon as I got up there, I was like, looking at Gigi Hadid (laughs) and Tam France and David LaChapelle. And I was like, I gotta let this shit go, man. Yeah. Like, who? It wasn't gonna help you. No, I'm just me. And like, I just, yeah. So I'm trying, I'm trying my best at really like living it with the understanding that like all things, it's not an absolute. Yeah. And like, it will re- it will re-come up. I thought about the rug today. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. You're going to think about it. I thought about the yeah. rug and I was like, she's gone. You didn't she's belabor gone. it. No, she's gone, babe. Like, she, she's gone. Oh, she's I, gone. Oh, I. oh, my God. I love that song. She's gone. She's gone. Did like Catherine McPhee sing that during American Idol? I feel like. Probably. Anyway, I gotta learn how so, to face it. So that's what I'm doing my best at, like letting go. 
I think that's so good, Busy. You just now you were talking like I feel after I eat a tiny bit of um, my shrooms chocolate bar. That's how I always feel for like a month after a little bit of shrooms chocolate bar. Wow. And you I did it all on your did, own. I also <laughs> did do shrooms. I see. I see. Way, I, Red Sox, I didn't know the pro, Red Sox guy didn't know about my my microdosing. Okay, guys, don't tell them. Don't I, tell them. I don't want them to not together. like me. I should have put it together. I don't want together. them to not like me. I mean, oh, man, Pearl Jam. It's right in the name. Eating so I can <laughs> so you can I, get I on. Missed, the, I missed the little chocolate. Those little chocolate shrooms are where it's at on the shroom train. Um, Pearl Jam is named after a hallucinogenic jam, isn't that correct? I know it is. That's so, true. You know that is actually in the name. It's, but I mean, but my new CEO friends probably yeah. don't like. I don't. I mean, I don't know. We didn't get there. We didn't get there night one. You know, yeah. <laughs> maybe when I go to Boston later, time will tell. Boston is such a shroom town. <laughs> Everybody's just walking around Boston on shrooms. That is literally that. hilarious. That is literally hilarious. I would say. Oh my gosh. You know what? Shroom you town. you were making me think of something like about letting go and like letting go of control. And my friend Michael Bland, who I love so much, I call him friend. I hope he thinks of me as a friend. He was one of Prince's drummers and he's a super cool guy. And he's just like a fucking wise person beyond being like one of the most talented musicians I've ever seen in my life. He's such a wise person. And he said something the other day that made me think of you so much busy. And it's, and you talking about like letting go of control um, in that way also made me think of something that he said, which was sometimes it's good to let people just do what they're going to do because then you know what they would do. And I was like, you letting go control of that rug. I feel like the things that I belabor sometimes are with people. And I think like anyone can identify. Well, me, well, me too. Yeah. But I was I, just using the rug as an example <laughs> so that I didn't have to get like into like personal shit. You know what I mean? Because that because then other people who listen get their feelings hurt. You know what I mean? It's and then like, you got to hear about it. And, and uh, then I got to fucking hear about it. And not, I'm letting that shit go. Not I'm your letting job to it, hear about it. I'm letting it go. But I just thought about that. And I was like, sometimes I try to even pre-control the destiny of like a situation so much uh-huh. That I'm not letting people do what they're going to do. So sometimes right. people don't even have a chance to, like, do well, in my opinion. That's You know right. what I mean? Like they No, don't that's even... exactly right. Yes. Right. And so you talking about, like, being up there and letting go of, like, yeah. this thing that you were holding on to for yourself, it just reminded me of Michael saying that and what I thought about what it meant about me in terms of other people and just being like, you just gotta, we just gotta do what we gotta do and see what we would do. And, you know, and also we gotta let other people do what they'll do so that we'll know what they do. Right. Like if I hadn't have, if I didn't the other night, like shrooms was after the fashion thing. (laughs) So guys, I really was doing it before, (laughs) but like if I, if the other night I hadn't like, let go. I don't know if I would have done as good of a job. Right. Doing that event. And not that this is like, it wasn't, I'm not keen, you know, I'm not keen in hosting the fucking Emmys, <laughs> but like it was good for me to experience it yeah. on my own. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Just that. And I like made a very conscious effort, effort, nope, decision. I made a very conscious decision 
like not to have any wine or any tequila or drink or anything before doing the show. Cause I just was like, I just really wanted to do a good job. I don't know. I just did. And then once I let go, I really fucking did a great job. (laughs) That's so, I'm so glad you had that experience because you just, sometimes you just need to do a great job at something. You know what I mean? And like, and know it. That's what I was feeling. And know it. You needed that. You needed that moment. I think that's great. I really did. You needed that that moment and you needed Gigi Hadid to see it. Guys, Gigi Hadid. Okay, side note, and then we're going to say goodbye. But side note, you know, when I was on Cougar Town, Dan Bird, who was like, played my boyfriend on the show or whatever, he called Birdie. Birdie's, by the way, six months old when I do the pilot of Cougar Town. Yeah. One year old when we start shooting, literally start shooting this the season on Birdie's first birthday, August oh. 13th. Oh, wow crazy Dan Bird used to say and he's he was young he was like younger than me he's like probably like five years younger than me yeah and he used to be like do you know who Birdie looks like I'm like Birdie's one but who (laughs) do you know who the Hadid sisters are (laughs) like no they're like these teenagers who are like their mom is a house something and like whatever she's like a baby Gigi Hadid (laughs) And I always was like, that is the weirdest fucking thing to say about this child. Okay. And by the way, Birdie's also been told by many people in person that Birdie looks like Selena, like a baby Selena Gomez. Yeah. I which can, also I can see Birdie that. really, can see that. including an unhoused man on the street who was like kind of saying like, was like, felt like he was like not present in this atmosphere right and then all of a sudden we passed and was like hey your kid looks like selena gomez (laughs) (laughs) wow wow okay i love a random Um, compliment on the street me too me too as long as it's a nice compliment it wasn't and it didn't feel gross it really didn't it felt just like this guy was like i know that face yeah that looks like (laughs) anyway um so then at the at the like whatever awards thing Gigi's like right in front of me the whole time so I'm like looking at this person's face and I really does weirdly in person really does favor birdie like they really have very similar vibes yeah and then she got up to accept her honor or whatever with her best friend because they designed beachwear and it's been like a huge I guess it's like a huge Huge thing, yeah. Frank, that they did, Frankie's, Frankie's. Yeah. yeah. It's like a huge, yeah. like a huge thing. Yeah, I'm not. And it's her child, and I've heard. No, of it. it's her childhood best friend <laughs> from Malibu, guys. Yeah, relatable. I was like, you know, what? my my childhood best friend and I once tried to be entrepreneurs, and we sold um, cotton candy <laughs> at a rave, very unsuccessfully, and then we were like out, like. $400 I think at the end <laughs> like we owed $400 to the rental place the, can- but the anyway, candy dealer <laughs> no it was like the rent we rented it Oh, wow. Emily Beebe and I rented a cotton candy machine it was the dumbest <laughs> such a good hair idea. it was a good idea it's a good idea do you, do you know what do you, 
Do you know what ravers on drugs don't want to do? They don't want to pay for cotton candy. They like assume that the cotton candy is a gift for them because they're on drugs. It's true. And like you have generously brought cotton candy for them. <laughs> and also, you know what else they don't have? Cash. <laughs> anyway, so then Gigi starts talking and Bertie has the same deep voice. Like they talk, they talk very similar. Interesting. She was giving me Bertie vibes. And wow. then I was like, did Dan Bird like imprint that yeah, on yes. <laughs> Birdie when he she was a baby? part of Gigi Hadid's soul. And How do you know what I known? mean? I was like, what is happening? I'm like, this kid is, it's really weird. It's anyway, that's all. That's all I had to say. That's exactly what happened. Gigi Hadid. Um, the lovely Gigi Hadid. Also a Oh, mom. she was so is, cute. Yeah. Yeah. That seems wild that she's a mom. She her looks like she's a yeah. child. She looks like <laughs> a kid. Well, anyway. <laughs> Liz Jenkins. Thank you so much for being here. We love you so much. Oh we God. love you. Thank you so it's much. It's all going to happen. All of it. And we're going to make it happen. If you have a role, a quick turnaround role for Liz Jenkins, get in touch. We'll put you in touch. Oh, we'll put you in touch. If you're oh, making a movie, oh. if you're making a TV show, please reach oh. out. If someone you yeah. know is making a movie or a television show, please reach out. Because that's like job one is getting Liz's insurance shored up. And then she's doing the work of doing it for other people. So she deserves this. Oh, okay. I love you You guys. really, you really, really do. I... You didn't ask, but I'm just going to offer weird acting advice. Yeah. Which is this. I'm like a big believer in manifesting acting jobs, like, but specific. So look at Casey's eyes. She's like, what are you I'm fucking listening. talking about? I want to hear it too. Now that I'm acting. I'm not acting. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Liz, after... I had Birdie and I had like really needed a job and I didn't get this job because the network said I was too fat because I was postpartum. A thing that they fully just said because trash, because this industry is trash. Yeah. And by the way, I don't even know if they would say it now, but whatever they did in 2000. I feel like they would. I think they would. Sad. (laughs) Um, And they had to, they were like shooting right away. So they were like, we can't wait. She's too fat. Um, I went into my agents for a meeting. I said, I'd love to like come in and sit down and tell like, and see all the agents in person. I went in, in person, I sat down and I was like, guys, here's what I'm going to, here's what I'm going to need from you. I want to be number two on the call sheet of a TV show. That's going to go, going to get picked up, like for sure going to get picked up with like a big star at the center of the show. And, uh, and I want to be number two on the call sheet and I want it to be a network show, um, because I want to do as many episodes as I can next year because I need to make money like ASAP and I want it to be a comedy, a single camera comedy. So just, that's all you need to focus on. And like, I just, that was it. I was like, that's what I'm going to do. And literally when I got the script for Cougar Town for the audition for Cougar Town, I read it. And I closed it and I turned to Mark and I was like, well, they got the, I'm going to do the show. 
And he's like, you have not auditioned for it yet, no, Busy. You course. have to cool it. And I was like, no, this is the show I'm doing. This is exactly what I said. It has everything that I want. It films here in Los Angeles. I was like, it has to film in Los Angeles, single camera comedy, big star at the center of it, like definitely going to get picked up or there's like a penalty and I'm number two on the call sheet. Boom. Every time that- I've done that, where I've been so crystal clear about what's going to happen, it it is like, whoosh, it just shows up. And that's why I said to you the other day when I was texting with you, I was like, you're going to be, you're getting a series regular role like in the next six months. I know it. That is what's happening for you. We're putting it out. We're putting it out there. And I, it's funny that you say that. When you said that, I went to my little notes in my iPhone and I started to be that specific with what I wanted. I haven't, I need to keep zeroing down because I was like, I want to, Busy said this. I was like, I want to be a series regular on a comedy. I need to be more specific. And I am going to because I, when you are telling that story, it reminds me of like, you know, I have I have a master's degree. Like I have so much training. I know what I'm capable of doing. And when I get scripts, sometimes I'm like, I'm not going to book this because I know it's not me. It's not for me. It's not meant for me. I know I, I could do it. Absolutely, I could do it. I have Shakespeare training. Like I could do it, but it's not for me. And I need to see that script I need to visualize it so when it comes across my lap, I know that it's for me. And I know, I already know how that story played out. As soon as you said you got the script, I was like, this is Cougar Town. She's talking about, of course yeah. she is. Like, and yeah. of course, when you got the script, you knew, you yes. knew. I knew it. You know what you're this capable of and you know what yeah. you want and you know what you need. And that is, I will say as much as our industry drives me bananas, there is a lot of realness in that. What is for yeah. you? will always be for you. That's right. That's right. It's a hard pill to swallow. It is. But you have something so great coming for you. I know it. I feel it. I appreciate it so much. And I, I thank you. Thank you again for having me, for talking to me, for being such a great friend, both of you. I am very, very grateful. And I'm super, super, you know, that is the aspect of our union that I do love is that I know that there are actors and performers and artists like you all. And that's what I love about it. Um, yeah, I, I really appreciate you. I am. That is the best. You guys just gave me the best advice. <laughs> the mom advice and the career advice. This is it's going to be a good week. It's going to be, it's a, gonna good be a good week. It's going to be a good also, week. Guys, we love you. We and love we're sending you. you. All of the best. And we'll Thanks. see you in Toronto. Oh my God, we'll see you in Toronto. I mean, we'll yes, talk I to think you before you, then. But. but I think if you I think if you can and want to buy a ticket or like one of the passes to the sh- to the festival, yeah. you for sure You're can covered. get it. You're covered. You're yeah. covered. And then I think beyond that, we'll get we don't you, know yet. We'll get you further. We're going to try. We're, We're going to get you further information and just confirmation of what you need to do so you feel confident exactly. that you're buying the right thing. Um, exactly. Yeah. And uh, we love you so much. We'll talk to you next week. Um, talk to you next week. But look out for Liz. Find her on socials because she's so funny and so talented. And uh, in, I mean, you're in love with her now. So just Yeah, like obviously. Are. She's your new best friend. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Whatever, guys. <laughs> Thank you, All right. guys. Talk to of you course. soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Oh no. 